honestly, it's just gonna be it's gonna be a easy, smooth, fun day on the podcast. Okay. So, you guys all ready? Yeah. Yes, sir. All ready. Three, two, one. Hey, AD, hit the intro. You're now tuning into the All Age Podcast Show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the LVH Podcast Show today, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the, I believe, the sixth episode. Thank you, everyone, for showing so much support. And I'm just excited to keep having this podcast going. And seeing the podcast growing has been, uh, what's the word? Help me out, guys. What's the word? That's been happy, made me very happy. That's very happy. And, joyful? Huh? Joyful. Yeah, joyful. <laughs> yeah, that's joyful. joyful. That's joyful. That's been very joyful. That's making me happy. Because I didn't think I didn't think the podcast was gonna blow up. Not blow up. I mean, we still have a long way to go. But I didn't expect anyone to actually be interested in watching a podcast by me. Yeah, I didn't think you guys would join too. So yeah, thank you everyone. Cool. All right, thank, thank you, Ali. Thank you, Waheed. Thank you, Burrow, for joining into today's episode. It was really hard to get all the guys in here. <laughs> I tried asking other people, but they wouldn't join. So. You guys joining is means a lot, and really excited for this episode. So today's episode is gonna be very smooth, very easy. This to- we're just gonna talk about fun topics. It should be an easy day today, so we're just gonna talk about Damian Lillard, Dame Time, uh, aka I'm too loyal. Uh, we're gonna talk about Dame <laughs> Starting, uh, aka I want to go to the Clippers or the Knicks, and then well, so we're, gonna talk- we're gonna talk about free agency. Just recap free agency. Uh, where I also tweeted out and posted a story on my account for a Q&A. And uh, the followers, they, uh, what's it called? They entered in some questions. So you all can take turns answering the questions. So that should be our day today. Very smooth, very easy. Anyone have any questions before we start? Uh, huh? All right, bet. All right, so first thing, we should just start it hot with a heat, heat, heat. What do you guys think is going to happen with James Harden? Y'all think he's going to leave Philly and go to the Clippers or Knicks? Or you think he's just bullshitting and he's going to stay and get his extension? All right. I'll the go first. Go first. Yeah, yeah, I'll go first. Go. I'll go first. All right, I'll go first. I don't think he's going to be traded. Uh, if he were to be traded, he's going to get traded at the trade deadline. Uh-huh. That's probably the best bet. Yeah. I think... I think what's going to happen is this. He's going to play a couple games with us before, and then he'll make his decision. I think he's going to sign like a two-year extension. I think I think he's going to realize he can really – this is his last shot. This is really his last shot. So I think he's going to re-sign for two years, and then he'll leave. Okay, okay. That's my, that's my hot take here. Who's next? Um, I'll go. I think I agree with, with the, the two year extension part. Uh-huh. Um, I think, I think if he's, if he's getting an extension, it's, it's going to look, you know, like a maybe two year 70, maybe 72, something around there. Uh-huh. Um, but I honestly, I, I think, um, a very big possibility. I think he's staying for, for this season. Um, same thing. I, I do think if, if he gets moved, it's, it's at the deadline. 
Um, I think that makes the most sense for kind of everybody. And it seems like every year he gets moved at the deadline now. <laughs> but but I, I genuinely think, um, you know, this might be a little bit of a hot take, but that he stays with the Sixers okay, okay. and okay. Can't, can't get a, he just can't get an extension and he plays out his contract kind of like the NFL. Uh-huh, they don't yeah. work. They don't. They don't get an extension. Play out. Become an unrestricted free agent. And then he kind of. He one. He has a pick where to go. Two. The I think I believe the Sixers will have his bird rights at that point. So he could always return there. Um, yeah. I, I think. I think that's you know maybe more of a possibility, especially because I don't think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Philly hasn't extended Maxi yet, which yeah, you know, be like have. number number one on their list. And I think yeah. honestly, this off this year might maybe determine. I know they can't afford to extend the two of them, but you know, you don't know how much sense that makes entirely. So I think that's maybe what they're trying to see, kind of what happens there. Yeah. Aldo, what do you think is gonna happen with James Harden, bro? See, I was on like when it died down and there wasn't any rumors, I was yeah. like, okay, you know, Harden, he'll probably end up staying. But then today the, like a report came out saying like he reiterated a trade. Yeah. So like um, yeah, I could see him get traded at the deadline. But now it's like, I don't know if I'm 50-50 because he, he's saying he wants to be traded. So, like, yeah. it wouldn't make sense if they just, like, kept him. Yeah, that makes so, sense. I agree with that. I thought a report came out this morning that said that he was leaning on just staying with them for now. Or Bro, my, I actually saw my tweaking. I think There's I saw, so many I saw a report reports. where he said uh, yeah. that he's, he's, uh, he still he, wants yeah. to leave. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, I think yeah. there's uh, nobody knows what the hell is going on yeah, with Harden or Damien point, Lillard. I'm so tired of it. Yeah, hey man, I mean, especially Damien Lillard. Yeah, for real. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get to Dame time, but let me let me let me say my <laughs> opinion like, for Harden. For me, I think I don't see two things happening. One, either he still says I don't want to play here, and they have to force trade him to Clippers or Knicks, right? Uh, or I think that's his number one option. I think he's gonna say I want to leave, and he's gonna not show up training camps, and they have to train him by that by then. Because Daryl Morey, Morey, he usually takes his time trading trades. Like when he traded for tra- Harden with Ben Simmons, he took his sweet ass time. So yep. if they do, if he still wants to get traded, I think he's gonna get traded by uh training camp or preseason at least by then. That's why camp. Or two, I can see him staying because he only has, since he accepted his player option, he's on a one-year deal, expiring contract. Or I can see him yeah. staying, playing until like half of the season, and that's when they decide to flip him. That's the two scenarios I can see happening with him. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, speaking of uh, uh, speaking of Harden taking his sweet ass time and the Sixers taking the sweet ass time. I say things happening with the Blazers, so yeah, Bardo, you start us off. What do you think about the Dame Damian Lillard situation, bro? I think, I think Dame shouldn't have said he only wants to play for the Heat. I think he should have left it open for other contenders so that other people can trade for him. Because uh-huh. I've seen a report where that said that he would never play for anybody else other than the Heat, and that's just that's kind of crazy to me. Uh, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. Sorry to interrupt you, but. That's that I saw another report which clarified that he does not want to play for the Celtics or the Clippers. Okay, that's my type of guy right there. God has thanked us. He's blessed. Dame knows ball, bro. 
knows ball. He's basically right. a Laker. He's basically a Laker. <laughs> Laker, right. keep going, bro. Um, I don't even know. I mean, not many teams can really trade for him unless the younger teams have to trade for him. They'd have to trade their young pieces. Clippers, no. Celtics, no. If we were to trade for him, we trade James Harden for him. But yeah, I don't think we're gonna get Dame. I don't. Yeah. So I don't know. It, I don't it, know who, it, where yeah, he goes. No, Burrow's the Philly Sixers fan over here. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> depressing over here. It's depressing. <laughs> it's hey, don't, don't worry, bro. That was the most breaking friends with Westbrook when we were stuck with him. And we all, we all knew it was not going to work out, but the front office wanted to drag it out all the way to the trade deadline. But thank God, thank God he's off my team. I like Westbrook, but he was not a fit for our team. Yeah. Yeah. But this has been going on for years. For real. I don't know how long now. Is it six, seven years now? Seven years in a row, the second round. Can't get past it. Horrible. Somewhere, Jose is just rolling in his grave with this Russ slander. Joaquin, what do you think about Damian Lillard? Well, I'll start off with I am sick and tired of Damian Lillard at this point. He is one of my favorite players. I think, you know, like most people, I don't know anybody that genuinely hates Dame. Yeah. But I am tired. Every time I turn on my TV, open up my phone, there's a <laughs> 10 different Lillard reports. It's like one minute ago, two minutes ago, three minutes ago. Like, I, I don't care. I won't care until he gets traded. However, um, I think... I think the team that makes the most sense for him contention-wise, for him, like he said, he doesn't want to join a super team, and the team that has assets that doesn't have to give up everybody, and that team is Brooklyn. I think they, you know, Brooklyn has a lot of versatility. They have the money and, like, the contracts to work it out. You know, if it's something like a something around, you know, Simmons or something around, you know, somebody else, and they have the young assets like Cam Thomas, they have the young assets like Noah Clowney um, or uh, not. Was it Chris Livingston or the guy? No, not Chris Livingston with the Bucks. Who's yeah. the Derek Whitehead? Yeah, they have Whitehead. Um, yeah, and so they, they have, you know, the, the assets to yeah. go and get Lillard. And then, you know, when you look at a team, you know, uh, like like Brooklyn, if, if, if Lillard were to get traded there, you're looking at a core big three, which I think is a really good big three of Damian Lillard, Mikhail Bridges and Nicholas Claxton. For sure. Then you still... You still have, you know, Finney. You still have O'Neal. Yeah. Um, you have Cam Johnson, who you brought back. Lonnie Walker. Uh, yeah, you, you just got Lonnie Walker on a minimum somehow. Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis Smith Jr., who was, I, you know, he was a great defender last year. Good yeah. point of attack guy. Getting him for um, a minimum is crazy, bro. Yeah, him and Lonnie. Yeah, I think yeah. those guys will both, you know, I would say like 99.99% chance that they come off the bench. But those 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 two guys off the bench are going to be really really fun Bro, that's to gonna watch. Fun that's going to be a fun team in, in general. Yeah, and then they still have Dinwiddie, um, I, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, they have Dinwiddie too. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I think that is the perfect team for Lillard to go. Um, sure. I think it makes sense. They have the capital also from the yeah. Durant trade, the the Kyrie trade, the Harden trade. I mean, they 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 have the assets. They have the capital. They have the money. They have the, the team. They have the coach. Uh, they have the city. It's a good city. Yeah. Um, I, I just I think that that just makes the most sense. Miami has zero chance of getting him. Uh, Tyler Hero is not an asset. Tyler Hero <laughs> is not an asset for Portland, you know, most importantly. Especially in this day um, and age where, like, yeah. you, you need two-way players. And I don't, I don't know what team 
in the NBA uh-huh. would help facilitate a trade to send a superstar to a team that just went to the finals. Yeah. I don't I don't know how, especially an Eastern Conference team, like any any of the teams in the East aren't gonna help the Heat get yeah. Lillard. Like I can almost guarantee that. Yeah. Um there's few teams in the West, like none of the guys in the in the playoff contention are gonna look to help other than yeah. maybe the Clippers, but they still don't have a chance of getting him. Um or getting, you know, really much. So I don't know. It's it's a really, really weird situation. I I don't I mean, it's gotta be Brooklyn. Damien, yeah. please go to Brooklyn. It's the best for basketball. The swaps are amazing. For sure. He's got to do it. Ali, what do you think, bro? Hey, I mean, Brooklyn sounds like a fun team, but respectfully, if Dame goes from Portland to Brooklyn, I'm going to be pissed. Because I want to see this dude on a contender, bro. bro. That's a cool-ass team. You know, he talked me into it. I'm like, okay, you know, that's a solid team. But like, bro, at best, that's an Eastern Conference Finals team at best, in my opinion. Hey, he that's does no more than being in the first round and the play in, in the last. Yeah. And that's true. But, like, I want to see this dude on, like, I don't know what team, but just a better team than that. Yeah. I, I but, see. hey, if yeah. he ends up staying, I'd be even more pissed. Nah. That, I'm like, <laughs> I love Dane. But if he ends up staying, bro, I might start hating on him. No, I'm just I'm not going to But no, 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 I'm going to be, if like... If he stays, if he stays, any bro, report I see of him saying, I... I need some help, or this. Uh, we need more wets, or we need more winning plays. We're not. No one's gonna care. I'm done, bro. <laughs> no I'm, one's gonna care. I never want to hear his name again, bro. At this bro. point, like, I, like I don't want to hear his name until he gets traded. Like yep. I'm sick of it. To yep. his time, his time in Portland, it's up, bro. He would like, be. He would be an idiot to waste his last three to four years in the league with the Portland. Portland. Bro, and I know, like, the city and everything, and his family grew up there, like, his kids. Yeah. So it's hard to leave it, but, like... Yeah, bro, you and, like, they have good fans. They love him, but still. Like, it's time, bro. You requested a trade. Now, partner, just, just ship him off. Okay, it's been, it's yeah, been ship, him off, ship him off to Brooklyn. Ship him <laughs> off to Brooklyn. <laughs> I'll take that over over fucking Portland, so... <laughs> at this yeah. point, at this point, bro. We all know Portland's not going to build no goddamn winning team, bro. Yeah, for real. Like the man's best teammate right now is probably okay. I like Jeremy Grant, but now Jeremy Grant, his literally big man is Nurkic, bro. Like yeah, like, like come on, bro. Nurkic, bro. It's a cooked ass situation, bro. Yeah. Like come on, cooks. He's cooked. Right. <laughs> I agree with Akeem, and I was thinking the same thing. I personally, the man, Damian Lillard, I can only see him going to. I can see only three teams that can pop. Possibly have interest in him. three teams. I know there was only been report on two teams, but I have three teams. First team is the Heat. Obviously, he wants to go there. He said, "I want to go there," so he I gotta include the Heat, and it makes sense because the Heat is going to the finals, and they want to get Jimmy some help, bro. Him and Bam some help, so I get it. And uh, so it's definitely the Heat, the Nets, because I agree with Hakeem too. Nets are thought uh, thought destination. But my third team is the Knicks. I get that Brunson, but I think you could start Brunson and Dame. Like that's actually a good combo card duo. I mean, I, uh, I get people are gonna hate. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna hate for this. I'm gonna get blamed for this. Mm, like, they might give up eighty PPG. The Knicks, bro. It's the Knicks. Bro. What's What's the Knicks package though? That's 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 what I want to know. Like, what do you think that they would give bro, up? Bro, they have so many first round picks. First round picks. They got. Uh, mm. 
Manny quickly. They have RJ Barrett. They have Randall. They're definitely they're gonna include Randall. I can see Randall. They have Mitchell Robinson. Uh, but Portland, Portland getting Randall with Nurkic and Grant. That's <laughs> so gross. Yeah, think about it. What if they got like four to five first round picks from the Knicks? For I know, Nathan but Rose? that. Maybe so if you're old. if we're looking at a if we're looking at a Knicks team with a starting lineup of Brunson, <laughs> Lillard, RJ Barrett, whoever their power forward is, because they lost Toppin, and then oh, oh, Robinson. That, that no, it's, no, wait, wait, I forgot Josh Hart and Divincenzo. <laughs> that defense is disgusting. That defense is disgusting. From from one from one through three <laughs> from one through three, it's just all terrible defenders. <laughs> For real. Hey, I'll and then they got Tibbs. I, 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 I'm gonna say it could happen because they have a lot of first round picks. Do I think it's gonna happen? No, I'm just floating it out there. But I that did would be fun though. The Heat and the Nets, the Heat and the Nets have the best chance, and then both of those teams just need to step up their game and make it happen. For before real, like- Lillard, before Damian Lillard changes his mind, he's like, you know what? If this goes on for another week, we're just going to see a post on our timeline from Damian Lillard in that Portland jersey that just says hashtag run it back with the red with nah, the red I'm and black heart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm unfollowing, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm running it back. I'm ending my career here. One last pass. Let's go. Thank uh, you. I'd, I'd, I'd much rather see a Photoshop of, of him and Jimmy together and be like, yeah, let's run it. Hashtag 305. For real. Honestly. All right. That was, that, that was, that was, that was honestly hilarious for us. We got off the podcast. James Harden is trolling. And then trolling. <laughs> I'm glad we started off that way. All right. Next up, I think we should talk about, what do you guys want to talk about first? The summer league or the free agency? Free agency, I guess. Crazy, yep. I bet. All right. Question I got so many times in the two Q&As I've done in one day. <laughs> it's the same damn question, even though no matter how many times I answer it and answer it and answer it. It's the same question. LH, which big men are we going to sign with the 14th spot? And the same, I give them the same answer every single time. It's either Christian one. Bigs back beyond both or Colin Kessamon. That's the three bigs that are interesting. And that's probably the three bigs that make sense for them. So, I, I knew that was going to be what you were going to say. So, <laughs> let, the, let the people hear your guys' opinion. Starting with you, Burrow. Burrow, which big do you think this should sign? Christian Wood, Bigs back beyond both or Colin Kessamon? Christian Wood. Christian Wood got it. Christian, I think Christian Wood would be great for that team. It spaces. He can space the floor. Yeah, he's he's an okay defender, right? But yeah. as, if you're spacing the floor with that team with LeBron, Reeves, D'Lo, uh-huh. all people who can play make AD on the power forward or center spot, you have Christian Wood coming off the bench. Perfect. Especially on the vet minimum, bro. Vet minimum. Yeah, I'm surprised yeah. he hasn't been signed yet. Yeah. Hey, hey, God. Let, let it happen, bro. Last time we did, we did the podcast, <laughs> Cam Reddish signed here. So let's make it happen. <laughs> yeah, let's, right. let's make it happen, bro. Yeah. All right, what do you think, Joaquin? Um, You know, just like everybody else, Christian Wood is is the ideal situation. Um, 
you know, one thing that you said, uh, Berto, that I really liked was his ability to score the ball and his ability to play off the ball. You know, he's, uh, he's not a guy that needs the ball in his hands because he's, he's, he is that good of a shooter as a big man. Um, One thing that I've, I've read a lot that I really like a point that people are making is the fact that Anthony Davis, unfortunately over the past, you know, season and a half has developed, you know, an inconsistency disease. And until that's cured, I think, Christian Wood is kind of the perfect person for that. Yeah. Um, he's going to provide you that scoring. He's a, he's a good solid rebounder. Yeah. I actually think he's kind of an underrated passer. He doesn't like pass like a whole lot. Like he's not going to get you four or five assists, yeah. but his like overall like passing vision, I think is pretty good. Yeah, um, and I, I do agree, you know, with him coming off the bench, I really want to see Jackson Hayes start, Ooh. um, you know, for our team, That's a hot but, thing. Yeah, I don't know. That that's that's the way I feel about it right now. He reminds sure. me of a of a young JaVale. Sure. But I, I would really like to see him start and then bring in Wood because you know, if you if you if you play Wood, you know, obviously him and Davis are if if we bring in Wood, they're going to play together. Yeah. Um at some point. But I just think that would be more of a fourth quarter situation than kind of starting off the game. Sure. And then especially come playoff time, you're gonna wanna you're probably gonna move Wood to the bench to, you know, bring extra scoring and stuff like that. Yeah. My my other option is, you know, I, I I do really think that Bismack is kind of, and I've seen a lot of Laker fans, you know, bring up his name and get shot down a lot in comments or, you know, in, you know, videos and stuff like that. But I really don't think that people understand that Bismack Biombo, he's not going to score six points a game. Like he's not even going to give you like six points a game. Yeah. He's, he's not going to get, you know, two and a half blocks. He's not going to get 11 rebounds. Yeah. What he's going to do is he's going to play 140%. Yeah. He's going to switch on the perimeter, which he can do, you know, pretty decently, especially for somebody his size and just yeah. a little older. But his best thing is his low post physicality and his strength. Yeah. And he does have, you know, a pretty decent knack for rebounds and just, you know, kind of cleaning the glass offensively and defensively. Yeah. And I, I do think, you know, somebody like Tristan Thompson, who was, you know, surprised everybody when he played, you know, I used to make jokes about Thompson being on the team. Yeah. And, you know, every time, you know, with my dad and he would be up on the bench, the only one standing. But, you know, you needed somebody like that. And he came yeah. in and he gave really great minutes in game four. Definitely. And I think if if they bring in somebody who can be physical, who can play on the glass um, alongside Anthony Davis, it's going to look great. But obviously, you know, like you said, the, the the key one is Christian Wood. And, you know, God, if, you, if you're listening, Let's please, happen, please, <laughs> please. Definitely. Uh, one thing I want to add, though, what you, what you said with Bismack Biago, I agree. His, his like physicality and ability to play defense, like he's not gonna give you a stat sheet of numbers. But if you actually watch, if you watch his game, especially with the Suns that I've noticed the last two years that he's been with them, that he's looked much better than DeAndre Aiden in crunch time. Like when someone's <laughs> driving in the paint, he Bismack Biago, he does not make it easy for you to go right in the paint. Once you go in the paint. He's either, yeah, he might foul you, but that's okay with you because that shows you that the person is trying to play defense. But what do yeah. you see about him that he's going to surprise you and make you happy with his, his ability to contest shots, get some blocks, and the way he sets tough screens? Like, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of Laker fans, and sometimes they're right. Like, AD, sometimes he doesn't set a full screen, right? Because the way, I don't know if you guys know this, but the way AD sets a screen, he quickly sets a screen and he just rolls in because he yeah. wants to like, get the ball, right? Always. So, but versus Bismack, Biombo already like physical big, they're actually gonna set good tough screens for the guards or anyone. So that's what I like about Bismack Biombo. And that was a, that was a good point that you brought on team. 
But what do you think, Ali? I think, you know, you have to go with the best available, in my opinion, Christian Wood. And Definitely. Christian Wood also has the highest ceiling, so yeah, I'd go Christian Wood. Sure. That's, that's your answer right there. I want to add one last little thing. Um, one of the things that I do with with a lot of former players, um, you know, that, that take smaller contracts with us, you know, like Malik Monk, Lonnie Walker, if we get Christian Wood, Cam Reddish. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a lot of these, you know, more so, you know, Reddish, Lonnie, and Monk that are the younger guys that sign on. You know, the, the three times that we signed them, uh, I, I looked into, you know, I, I went to the Blazers. I went into... Um, the Hornets, and then I went to the the Spurs comment sections, and I read because, you know, you can look at advanced stats so much, you can look at stats so much, just regular statistics. Yeah. But one of the main, you know, best things that you that you're gonna get, you know, you can watch highlights, you can watch games, but is is just listening to the actual fans that know basketball. Yeah. And so one thing I would like to do is, you know, every time you know they'd say, "Oh, so and so signed with another team, best of luck." I would always read the comment sections, and I would, you know, observe. Yeah. And the thing with Christian Wood, you know, when a report, I saw Mavericks page posted a, a report that said that Wood, you know, his top two suitors, I think were, you know, the Heat and the Lakers or something along those lines. Yeah. And um, I was reading the whole comment section and everyone, all of the Mavericks fans were just talking about how, how upset they were with the way that Jason Kidd managed him. Yeah. And they were just expressing their confusion. I even replied to a few of them and I was like, can you, you know, further elaborate and, they were just talking about how, you know, obviously it's known that Wood isn't the best defender. Yeah. Kyrie is not a good defender. Luca, not a good defender. You know, so the, the Mavs just had a lot of holes defensively. Yeah. And when you have bad perimeter defenders, what you need is elite rim protection. And the Mavericks didn't have that. And they maybe didn't play JaVale either as much as they probably should have. And so that just really, really hurt, you know, their success. And, you know, they were just talking to me about how, you know, if Wood is given, you know, a legit chance and, you know, they, I, I told them, you know, that I was a Laker fan and was, you know, curious as to, you know, if he really was, you know, that bad or if, if it was just a big, you know, kind of mess up on, on kids part. And every single one of them vouched for Christian Wood and said that he, that they did him so dirty and whatever team signs him, he's probably going to get a bigger contract next off season. Cause it's going to look ridiculous as to however he got a million. Definitely. Uh, you know, you brought a good point. So, like, when we get players like this, me, myself personally, too, uh, I also scout. Like, I, I watch their game. I, I look at the stats, but I don't, stats don't really tell you the full story. Like, if you watch the players, like, game film, that helps you a little bit. But also, like, hearing from the fans that had the player, that also helps. But sometimes those fans are wrong, too. Like, uh, let me give you a good example. Okay. Some of, the, some, of them are, some of the times they're right, some of the times they're wrong. Like, good example is Rihaximora. All Wizard fans that I know, they all loved him and they wanted him to start and they wanted him to get the touches. But when they got Denny and Kuzma and Kispert, it was just dragging him down and down and down, like down the rotation, his minutes, his touches. And that was, that was the biggest reason why I think Rui Hachimura asked for a trade because he didn't have a consistent role and they didn't want to pay him. But I don't think, for me, I don't think the money was the big issue with him. It was his role. He wanted the role because He's a he was a lottery pick player, and he's a good good damn player who has a lot of potential, but never let's waste his potential. As soon as we traded for him, all Wizards fans were so mad because they really, let's just be honest, they got scammed. Kendrick not a three second round pick, <laughs> not gonna take you anywhere when you when you draft players and with lottery picks like Troy Bryant Jr. 
or Cortispor or Riha Timur or Denny, but you can't maximize their potential. So yeah, when that trade happened, I already knew we won that trade because we all know the Wizards can't develop players or draft. Even they can't even draft good sometimes. To be honest, maybe that changes with the new resume, but the new regime. But the point, my point is. Well, the question went, I've heard the good things about him and the bad things. The good things is that he can shoot the ball. He's not a bad setter. The bad things are his, his defense is not the best, but I don't think his defense is that bad when you have Randall uh, Warrior Prince, Ken Reddish, Anthony Davis, Jackson Hayes, LeBron James when he's trying on defense, Reeves. The point is, when you have defenders around a poor defender, it helps Max minimize like the effects. So if you have AD next to Christian Wood, our your defense will not be that bad because AD is a in my opinion, he's a generational defender. And he's he whenever he's on the floor, your defense our defense is much better when he's on the floor or when he's out. Even when he's out with injuries, our defense is much better when he's on the court. Even when he's not even contesting the ball. That's him with him being on the court. It makes other opponents scared of him. So that's the latest I heard about Wood is that uh, he can be a locker room pawn. That's what reports say, right? I'm not saying he is, but that's what I heard that he can be a locker room pawn. He wants his minutes, he wants his touches, he wants his money, right? Any player would want that, right? But I believe if Christian Wood, this is my pitch right here on the podcast show, bro. Look at Malik Monk. Look at Riha Chumana. Look at Austin Reeves. Look at Lonnie Walker. Even though he didn't get fully paid like he deserved. But my point blank is, look at how they came here. They succeeded here. They got their minutes. They got their touches on the biggest stage of all. The LA Lakers, but come on. You're having a chance to play with Anthony Davis again, which you did in Pelicans too a little bit. And you get a chance to play with LeBron James and all these good role players. And you think you won't get the ball? You won't, you, you, you'll get the touches? You play good here. You come here on a minimum one-year one discount. And next thing you know, there's going to be teams going to give you a bag. Mm-hmm. Longer term contract. Mm-hmm. So that's all I got to say about Wood. That he could definitely succeed here. I, I like, in my opinion, people, people tell me I'm wrong. But I believe Darham is the right coach for him. Darham, Phil Handy, oh, yeah. and Chris Oh, yeah. 100%. Jan. Those three coaches, they're perfect for him. You got Phil Handy who's going to help work on his skills. And... Yeah, you have Phil Handy's going to work on his skills. You have Chris Jan, who's... That was a really good hire that I like because he's a really good shooting coach. He helps players improve their shooting. If you look at Troy Bound, you look at Lonnie Walker, you look at uh, Riha Kimura, you look at Austin Reeves, you look at players like that. Players that actually stayed on our team and their shot looked much better throughout the years. Of course, Troy Bound, he's taken up in the playoffs. But my point is, it feels good to have a shooting coach who can help players develop their shot. Because ever since the bubble, even before the bubble, I always complained about our spacing, or our office was modern, how it wasn't, our players couldn't shoot. I believe if we had Chris Jeff from the beginning, or any good shooting coach, it would have helped. So when we got Chris Jeff last year, I was really happy with that hire. Because one, the young players like him. Cram Reddish was happy with him. John Collins was happy with Chris Jeff when he was in Atlanta. And Chris Jett and Phil, and Chris Jett and Darvin Ham were the two big figures who recruited camp here to the LA Lakers. Mm-hmm. And that shows the respect the young players have for them. Now, now you have three good coaches who 
players respect very much. And Christian one, you're going to get access to all three of them. That's saying. I think another good comparison, you know, situation-wise with Christian Wood is a guy like Dennis Schroeder, yeah. who, you know, had a big payday, didn't take it, didn't play very well, yeah. um, play, got played out of the rotation, signed with the Rockets, or signed with the Celtics, got traded to the Rockets, then got waived in the offseason, or maybe he was expiring, I don't remember which one, um, and then signs another one-year deal with the Lakers. And then gets paid twenty six million dollars this off season. You know, you're a lot. So many players come here. Even, even you know, you mentioned him, Troy Brown. I mean, he signed for a minimum, and then he gets you know a two year, eight million dollar deal. I mean, m- majority of our players that come here get paid by us, or they get paid elsewhere because yeah. they succeed in the system. Especially like like you said, you know, Darvin Ham, perfect coach for Christian Wood. I couldn't agree with that more. He's always been able to refine big men. I mean, he helped the development of Brook Lopez. Really yeah. sparked. Uh, Bobby Portis's growth. Um, he helped a little bit with Jordan Nora before they traded him. I actually really liked him. I'm surprised that they did trade him, but he, uh, you know, he helped with that. Comes over to the Lakers. You know, same thing. I, I said this before. I get a lot of hate for it most of the time, but you know, he he did help improve Wenyan Gabriel's game. Yeah. Um, he, he helped with Rui. We all saw that. It was evident. You know, a little bit with Anthony Davis, um, yeah. Vanderbilt. You know, a little yeah. bit there, but just a lot of you know when he gets you know, a full off season with these players, which he's going to have again. Um, a lot of the players that we got the deadline haven't even had a true Laker off season. Um, you know, like you were saying, they haven't really had that entire time to gel with Jen or Handy or him, you yeah. know, and I'm just, I'm super excited to just see the way that this team comes out next year. Cause it's, yeah, it's going to be ridiculous. Uh, one thing I want to add, uh, yeah, as you're, uh, Joaquin, when you were talking about Mavs fans being mad at Jason Kidd, that one thing, that one point, it kind of had me confusing too because I don't know if you guys remember, but when we were trash and ass in the regular season, like the beginning of the regular season, the Mavs were actually not that bad in the regular season when they first started. And Christian mm-hmm. Wood and Luka Doncic and Spencer Dimity, Euphoria Smith, Hardaway, all those guys, they were actually like, they, were, they didn't look too bad in the beginning of the regular season. And I remember Christian Wood, I remember he was going off with Luka Doncic and I remember he was... I remember he had like 30 points against like the Phoenix Suns or something like that. Like early in the season. And I guess something happened. Like remember, I remember they brought him off the bench or something like that. That thing never made sense to me. How are you going to start Christian Wood over an Omen Powell? Right. Let's say. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that situation, I just believe he was in the wrong situation. And this kid, this kid didn't trust him with his defense, which is all right. But if you put defenders around him, it's not that bad. But still, even if you don't like his defense, he still brings you so much on offense. And like my last point on Christian Wood before we end this topic right here, uh, I've seen someone brought it up on Twitter, and I believe it's actually a good point. It's like unfortunately AD misses some games, right? And mm-hmm. Christian Wood is not going to bring the same defense that AD brings, but we're not asking him for that. We're asking if AD misses some games, Christian Wood is the perfect option. For offense, he's gonna bring that scoring punch. If Christian was bringing that scoring punch of the of the scoring points they were missing off of AD, it just reduces the load, workload for LeBron or any of the role players, and it still keeps our offense up. It doesn't keep our offense dead. Like when AD's on the bench or LeBron's on the bench, our offense drops, right? If AD's not on the floor or LeBron's not on the floor or Reese's not on the floor or Dilo's on the floor, like the main options, Rui. But if you have Christian Wood, 
our office would be dead. So that's another thing I like about Christian Wood. And with that, we're going to end that topic because I feel like that was a lot of topic. But it was a fun, good topic because you got to hear from all of us. And we heard, we brought up some great, all of us brought good points. With that topic ended, we're going to talk. That's, I think we, okay, we're going to talk about the Summer League a little bit. We're talking about a little bit of the free agency. And then we're just answer Q&A's, like a bunch of questions and then we're ended off. If that's cool with you guys. Cool? Good. All right. So, I want to ask you guys, have, if you have watched the Summer League, which player or team, especially a player, which player has stood out to you? It could be the on the Lakers, it could be anyone on any of the teams. Berto, you can start off. I forgot his name, but he went off yesterday on the Hornets. He had like 27 points, oh. him and Brandon Miller. Next and, yep. Yeah. And Imani Bates. Oh, Lee yeah. showed me Imani Bates, and he's a steal. He <laughs> was a steal. Yeah. He was oh. a bucket. Bro, I'm going to add one thing. Sorry to, just, uh, sorry to uh, get in your way. But one thing, I've, I got so many DMs, so many DMs when I made those draft posts. Or even on draft night, people were like, Laker fans were like, LeBron fans were like, a witch, a witch. Let's draft, let's draft Imani Bates. With the first round, with the first <laughs> round pick, or even the second round pick, and my answer to them was every time, guys, I like Imani Bates player, but in my opinion, our timeline is not mad, and Imani Bates needs a team where he's it's a rebuilding team, and it's a team that could use him and be patient with him. If Imani Bates comes to the Lakers, we're not gonna be yeah. patient. Sadly, I'm just gonna be honest. Yeah, exactly. Every time, every time yeah. I told them that, they were like, "No, Elwich, we need him. We need it." I'm like, "No, we're not <laughs> him right now. We're a contending team. We're trying to get a title while still having players for the long term." And right now, Amani Bates for the long term, maybe that's that could work long term. But right, right now, he would not get any minutes. Sorry, Bird, you could keep going on though. Nico, I think he's perfect right now in Cleveland. I think yeah. that team's going to help him out. I think they're so young, too. Yeah. He's going to be perfect there for them. And if they do, because I've heard that there's trade rumors with uh, Evan Mobley, he's a great fit for them, too, if he plays the power forward. You, you, you mean Jared Allen? Jared Allen? Yeah. Oh, no, I heard, I heard Evan Mobley. I really? heard that they were going to trade Evan Mobley. Yeah. Uh, for me, what I heard was they're going to have many GMs around the league they believe Jared Allen's gonna get traded because the Cavs have they're paying so much money to like the main core guys already, and that they're gonna flip Allen with maybe a couple of role players and have Mobley at the center. I could see that. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I don't like that at all. Yeah, but at the same time, I can see why that happened because Cavs fans I know and read their mm. comments, they they do not like Jared Allen after that big series that happened. They hate the fact that Jared, I mean, no, Mitchell Robinson, Hardenstein, and Obi Toppin, and Randall, and RJ Barrett, and Brunson. They hated the fact that Jalen Allen got, I'm not going to say the word, they, that he got destroyed. He got destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People went yeah. like, yeah, destroyed. And every time I watch their YouTube shows, like, uh, what's his name? Guy's name, man. He, that's what, he also uh, his name is Quincy Carey. He's a big Cavs fan, big Browns fan, and I remember watching his show. And he and their fans in the comment section they were frustrated because Jared Allen was getting 
absolutely destroyed in that next series, and he didn't do anything in the next series to make him stop. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you rant about Jared Allen and my <laughs> Longhorn shirt, and it's really hurting my heart. <laughs> no, no, I, I like Jared Allen. Oh, man, he did get destroyed in that next series, though. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. That was that was not a, they, everybody. Everybody on that Cavs team just yeah. did look like a shell of themselves. It was it was a bad showing. They're also super young. They'll bounce yeah. back super quick. But dude, that okay. Yeah, Jared Allen got destroyed. But Cavs fans, holy shit, y'all bench, y'all bench last year was horrible. You guys were have Steady Osman, uh, Ricky Rubio, who came back from his injury, so he did not look the same at all. You guys had Dean Wade. Who's like okay, but like he's not a playoff player right now. And Danny Green, he's all right. He makes sense, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't give him Danny. They wouldn't give Danny that many minutes anyway. So like that bench, that Cavs bench had me so confused because that bench was so bad. They had to play Gar- Garland, Mitchell, uh, what's his name, Kersla were forty minutes each game. <laughs> they <laughs> the look like Keith and Miles, bro. <laughs> But, you know, they look like Keith in my league, bro. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. That Keith plays the starters the whole game. <laughs> Everyone has Gatorade. <laughs> That's a good point, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shout out Keith, bro. Shout out Keith. Bye. Yeah, but uh, speaking of which, the Cavs. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you guys. You guys could talk about uh, uh, what, who are you talking about again? Summer League? Yeah, Summer League. Yeah. He was talking about Nick Smith Jr., and speaking of the cast, real quick, I did like some of the additions they brought in. Like I think he brought Max Drusen. That's a good pickup. They got Damian Jones. He'll be a ba- he'll be a good backup for him. Not gonna lie. So yeah, I think this time in free agency, they actually did solid, trying to improve on the margins with their bench unit. Whereas last year's their bench stinks. That's it. And now we'll go back to uh, Joaquin. Who do you think? Who has surprised you this summer league? Uh, well, honestly, somebody that surprised me is Keontae George because coming out of the draft, um, I saw him getting mocked to us a few times. And maybe this was a little bit of my Texas bias because he did go to Baylor. Uh, but I really like was not a big fan of his game. You know, every time I feel like I watched him at Baylor, it was ill-advised shots, bad turnovers, bad fouls, lazy yeah. defense. But when he got drafted by the Jazz, I honestly was a little intrigued because the Jazz are pretty, you know, decent at developing talent. Yeah, and, um, you know, he, I think that he could be, you know, I know that they just extended Jordan Clarkson, but you can't look at his game and tell me that he's not a baby Clarkson. Really? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure George, you know, obviously he has a lot of potential and intangibles, you know, to be, you know, better. Yeah. But, you know, right now, you know, his baseline comparison for me is, you know, Jordan Clarkson. I think that's like, you know, they're both just going to be, he's already going to be a good bucket getter off the bench. You know, a lot of teams in the NBA are starting to shift towards that kind of, you know, maybe, you know, athletic, you know, really shifty guard that can give you buckets off the bench. Who's not going to play any defense. And he, he does really fit that role really well. But in the summer league so far, he's been killing it. I think the other guy that surprised me too um, is a Spurs player that doesn't go by any of the you know top names like Wembenyama or Champagny or I know who um, Wesley or Branham. But I, it's really, really, I've been super impressed with Thanks, Dominic man. Barlow. Oh, yeah, Barlow's game. I mean, he's 
he started out, you know, when we played them um, in the classic, he, he was playing the five and yeah. I liked what I saw from him, but I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, super impressed. But yeah. when Wembenyama came in and, and they moved Barlow to the four, oh my gosh, you want to talk about the perfect complimentary player. I mean, that guy was swatting shots, getting rebounds. He honestly, just like, it seemed like he wasn't making any mistakes. I mean, you were rarely hearing his name unless he was putting the ball in the bucket or swatting a shot out of bounds, which in the summer league is good because most of the time when you hear a player's name a lot, it's because they're fouling and he wasn't doing a lot of that. And I was, I I, I was really, really um, surprised with his game because I honestly didn't even know who he was before the summer league. And now I'm excited to see where his, his, uh, his career takes him. Yeah. I want to add two things to what you just said. Uh, but I think it's really interesting. Yeah, I I thought you were gonna talk about Barlow or Champigny, but uh, okay. So first, I'll start with the Jazz thing. I've seen a lot of fans on Twitter say, like, I know you you say he, you think he's baby Clarkson, but I heard some people on Twitter they they think Conte George is the next uh, baby Mitchell. Mm. Yeah, uh, but also one thing I like how you talk about he was linked to us in the mock drafts. I remember when I saw that, I was happy, but I was also kind of nervous because I do like Counting George as a prospect and as a young player. But when he was getting linked to us, I was like, man, we cannot draft him because he's not... He, in the long term, yes, he'll help us easily. But as of right now, I do not believe he's a player who could, we can rely on right away. But man, he's been killing it in the summer league and yeah. it makes me look like an idiot. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he looked mixed. I got DMs by some people. They're like, you didn't want watch Keontae George. I'm like, my guy, I like him as a player. I like his potential. I like his upside everything. I do think he's a good long-term player. But I didn't believe he was a player that would get minutes right now on our current team. But, hey, all I'm going to say is Keontae George, good shit in Utah. You're on a good team that actually will be patient with you and will give you the touches and everything you need to succeed. So that's... But one thing about the Jazz, I like the Jazz, how they're building a team, honestly. They got kids. Yeah. They got so many good young players. They got Collins for that trade for Collins for Rudy Gay and a second round pick. That was easily a steal. Yeah, Collins' contract <laughs> sucks ass, sucks garbage. But man, if he, if they could help develop him, they're going to have Collins. They're going to have Walker Kessler. They have Taylor Hendricks. They have an all star in Larry Marketing. All they're missing is probably. A point guard. They have a shooting guard in Conte George. They have a backup good vet in Clarkson. They have Colin Sexton. They have THT. They're I, I and they have a lot of good first round picks. So they're actually building a good core. So I'll, I'll get. They give, bring uh, back. I'll give them credit. Did they bring back Chris Dunn? Chris Dunn. Uh, yeah, he's uh, yeah. That's oh. another good point. Yeah, Chris Dunn. Good. Yeah, good. he was really great for core. them. I'll give him credit for that. And they're one of the teams. I'm not saying to keep an eye out for right now, this year, or next year. But in a couple of years, they're going to be one of those teams that are up in, up in, like, up in the Western Conference standings. Yeah. Yeah. And another point, the Spurs you were talking about. You know, I always like, like, I always found intriguing, even though Spurs are kind of like our rivals in a bit. And, like, they're kind of like our rivals and, like, they're, good, they're a good team and everything historically, right? But, I love how the Lakers, the Heat, the Spurs, the, even the Celtics, even though I hate them, the Celtics, uh, teams like that, 
they know how to scout for players and develop players and draft in the first round, the second round, or even undrafted players. So, yeah, Spurs, I actually like how they scout too. So, Dominic Barlow, I heard about him last year when they signed him with a two-way contract, and I was just thinking in my head, like, this guy might be actually solid for a couple years in the G League, and they have Greg Popovich, right? Like, he might find a role for himself because before he signed, before he got, he was getting to the league, he was in the G League Ignite, and players, I think teams were saying that he needs a little development, but he could, he could someone that can definitely be in the league. And watching him in the summer league kick our ass, and he's still kicking and killing mm-hmm. other other teams in the summer league. And I gotta say, I'm happy for him because like he's playing the center sometimes, he's playing power forward sometimes with uh, Victor. So yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy for him, and yeah. That's just a cool story. I love hearing stories like that where teams scout first-round players, second-round players, undrafted players, and they actually develop players, whereas, like, other teams, they they suck at drafting, they suck at developing, and then, yeah, they're not patient. So, yeah, I'll give credit to Spurs right there, and we'll get back to Ali. Ali, who you, who has uh, stood out to you good separately? Well, you know, I wouldn't say uh, surprised, more, like, impressed. I'd say Max Christie, you know, Obviously, he's okay. been looking real good. Yeah. And uh, I have to go with uh, J-Dub, Jalen Williams on OKC. Oh, yeah? I just, bro, he, he's so tough. And, like, you could just tell, like, <laughs> yeah. second-year player. He just like, has I, fun, man. Yeah. That's what it I is. love Personally, I love when second-year players play yeah. in the summer league. And great, great opportunity, look, And when they clearly look better than the competition, like, that always just, like, yeah. uh, Jabari and J-Dub, like, I just Tar- like see even uh Keegan Murray. Yeah, the that's, Kings, good one. Like, that's good one. Like, I I just love seeing second-year players cook. Yeah. So, yeah, those are, like, my favorite, like, most impressed by in Summer League so Definitely. far. Man, for, I agree with you, but what I'll say is, uh, uh, from the Western Conference, one thing I want to add, the Jazz, the Jazz, Rockets, and the Thunder, those three teams, all these other teams, all these teams are up in the Western Conference right now when they're tanking or rebuilding or they're like in the bid. The Rockets, the Jazz, and the Thunder, those three teams are going to be nasty when their young cores actually like shape up really well. And they're, like, yeah, right. they're going to be nasty. So that's really cool to see for those fan bases and stuff. And yeah, I, I heard you mention Max Christie. Yeah. For me, coming into the Summer League, I wanted to see how Max Christie. Look, because last year he was good in some sports, some good sports he was not. Because many scouts and even his college coach said that he came a year early out of college. But I support his uh, decision and everything. Uh, I remember uh, in the offseason, before free agency and before the Thunder League, I was like, guys, watch out for Max Christie. He's going to get the back of three guard minutes or even a small four minutes. And watch. don't be surprised if the Lakers lose out on Bonnie Walker or Troy Brown Jr., or Beasley. I said this, and some people in my DMs were in my DMs. They are like, no, 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 you're crazy. Why would Max Christie get minutes? He hasn't shown anything. And I was like, guys, I remember putting this out a couple weeks ago, too. I was like, guys, Max Christie is going to be in the rotation, and you're going to see his better approved shot, shot, his better proof offense, him being much bigger and stronger, much more better, on defense. Yeah. I remember saying that and I'm happy to say 
I was kind of right. I'm not going to take all the credit because Max deserves the credit for putting all the hard work that he has done. And for coaches on the Lakers team and the reporters that covered the team, they have all told me the same thing is that he has a really good working hard work ethic and he works a lot on his craft. And that fully shows in the, the suddenly games he's playing. And I read an article today by Joan uh, Boa of the Athletic and he mentioned, Max Christie mentioned that that's because he's doing good right now in the summer league. It's still not over. He still has to play good in these minutes. I mean, this league. And he knows when he's playing with the big guys, with D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, Rui, D'Lo, LeBron, AD, he's not going to have the ball in his hands. His role is going to be a, to be a 3 and D player. Whose, his role is to hit open shots and play defense. And you know what? I love that about him, that he knows what the team is going to need by him. Don't get me wrong. Darwin Hand, he's probably going to... In some games, he's going to get Max Christie the ball and then score on his own. Like, this is how he did with Reeves and how Reeves opened up the floor and opened up the game for himself. But players like this, they first start off as 3 and D players and then they eventually progress. So, seeing Christie in this summer league, being one of the main handlers, being one of the main guys who creating for others. And, yeah, he, Max Christie, he mentioned that that's because he's doing good in the summer league. He still has to finish off strong. And that's because he's playing good in summer league. That doesn't mean anything. He still has to work on his diet. He still has to work on his shots. Still got to work on his skills. And he still got to have a good training cap and preseason to get a to get a spot on the rotation. But for a twenty year old player to say that all these things, it sure does make you happy. And that just makes me happy to see Max Christie know what the team needs, and he's doing everything that's necessary for him to get a spot in minutes next year. And one thing I also say is, uh, I remember I gave a lot, I gave a lot of flake and criticism to the coaching staff in the first summer league game, the summer league classic game, because honestly, I was kind of mad that we were starting, uh, that we were not starting uh, Maxwell Lewis or what's it called, uh, Colin Castellan. I was pretty mad, and they eventually, by slowly, by slowly, they eventually started Colin Castellan. They eventually started, uh, they, they started, they started Lewis, but they started Hodge. So. Uh, I just want to say that the Summer League coaching staff, they have been doing a really good job. And you can see, really see how their coaching is actually uh, working on the players is because the players are communicating. Their, their, like, our offense looks much more like an actual offense. And we just look like a modern offense, just like how we look at it with Ham. So I think that's just a cool small part that I really like. And the coaching staff, they're doing a good job. And I respect them how they're operating right now. And I really like uh, the money Hodge reminds me of a little bit of KCP. And the mm-hmm. funny thing is, uh, before I think the second game of the summer league, the same day I think they had practiced a couple hours before, and the coach, head coach JD, uh, he went to Hodge, and uh, Hodge was watching film of the games before, and coach was like, "Oh, what you looking at?" And Hodge is like, "Oh, yeah, just looking at the films from the past games. How I can improve, how the team can improve." And after that, JD told him right on the spot that he started three hours before the game. And in those two starts he's gotten, he looks really good. So, yeah, I'm happy for Hodge. I'm happy for the coach stuff. And I'm happy for the young guys. I'm happy for Jalen Hood Shafino. Because remember, he had a first, first couple games in a rough game because like, his shot didn't look good. But now you can see his game is slowing down for him with more reps. And yeah, that's all I got to say for that on the Summer League topic. Now, sorry if that was long. But it makes you guys look sound like an essay or anything. I'm just, 
that's good. That I like the in-depth conversation. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm just trying to give you guys my point of view, my feedback, because, like, yeah, I really, I like our coaching staff. They had some flaws, but, hey, everyone has flaws. No human being is perfect or anything. But I do like how the coaching staff is working on these young guys and giving them the ball in their head, drawing up good plays. And, yeah, the rotations are getting better. Players that deserve the minutes are getting minutes. Alex Fudge, he's killing. He's looking solid, like a solid uh, uh, young player that has the uh, potential he needs to develop. It could be, but I think, potentially of the two-way contract when Colin Castellan gets called up or Damani Hodge gets called up. That's saying. But yeah, they're, that's just a great, great, I've enjoyed Summer League and oh, we're going to kick, we're going to kick Boston Celtics ass today, even in the Summer League and we're going to go to <laughs> the And if they don't, y'all can play me. Y'all can play me. I have yeah, well, I'm expecting to be undefeated after huh? today. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to stay undefeated. Watch. Three and all, watch. I want to add a a, a quick, quick, quick thing. Um, I uh, this Lakers summer league team, um, outside of you know obviously Castleton, Christie, JHS, Lewis, and Ball. Yeah. Um, guys like, um, I'm not Ball Hodge. Sorry. Yeah. Guys like you know like Ball and uh, Budge. Um, there's one more I I can't think of at the top of my no not not Kalea Jones but um I can't think of it right now it's not important though I'll but those uh those two guys uh-huh. you know so we I guess it is just the two um <laughs> they they really I really do think that both of them do also have a future in the NBA so that's around six guys on our summer league team that yeah. I think could all not necessarily be on a roster just yet yeah. But definitely all on two-way deals. Um, Fudge, yeah. you know, he's a super, super yeah. raw athletic wing. When we play him at the four, he looks really good. Um, I know we played him at the five one time, and I wasn't yeah. a huge fan of the way. Oh, Swider was the last guy. Swider's another guy I think that yeah. definitely has a chance of of definitely. being. He all he could be on a team right now. Yeah. Um, then I don't think there's any way that you know any way around that he could uh, be on a team. Swider, um, I think he has to regard his defense. Yeah, his defense and his, he's just kind of a little stiff sometimes. Yeah. But his shot has um, always been looking good. So he it's butter. Good it's butter. I yeah. like it. Um, but, you know, those those guys, Ball, I really like his – I really love Damian Ball's defense. Um, yeah. His passing is a little crazy sometimes. I think yeah. he can work on that a little bit. His shot, select, his shot is not very good at all. Something he can work on. But Fudge, you know, really raw, really athletic, really good defender. And I just love – his attitude out there. Adoris was talking about it the other day about how he was just, you know, smiling and laughing. He got like a dunk, he got a block and then like a three, yeah. you know, all in the span of one quarter. And he was yeah. like smiling after each one. And every time it seems like he checks in the game, he's smiling. And that just kind of reminds me of a guy like Dwight Howard, who's just always smiling every time he's on the court. Sure. It's just really good to see. I really love how like they're all unselfish. They're not selfish players. None of them are playing yeah. for the stats. None of them are playing mm-hmm. for the shots. They're all playing for the team, and they all want to make it to the league. Because sometimes you see players that they want to—they're more focused on only themselves or their only stats. But these guys, you actually see them. You, these guys, you actually see them. They're actually like trying to make it into the league by finding their role by being unselfish. And yeah, props to all those guys on the team. They're making us Laker fans proud. They're, I'm sure mm-hmm. they're making their families proud, their college teams proud. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, really cool to see all those guys. Mesh up together, and yeah, uh, with with that topic, uh, we're we're gonna talk a little bit about free agency, and then 
I'm sure the fans are uh, generally curious. I mean, they're interested about the Q and A we're gonna answer. But yeah, you guys, uh, for the free agency, I want you guys to name one player that you think is a great addition for a team. Doesn't have to be the Lakers, bro. Bro, we're start with you. Oh, oh. I think for the Cavs, even though this hurts me. So much because he was on my team. George's Niang for that Cavs team is going to be good. Yeah. Provides spacing. Great shooting. He's a great shooter. And he at least tries on defense, right? He yeah. may not be the best defender, but at least he hustles and he tries. Right? I think that's really good for them. I think that really helps them. And Max Truce, but that was more of like a sign and trade thing. Yeah. But I think those two signings for the Cavs, amazing. Makes their pitch much better. Three. They also got David Jones. They got Damian Jones. They got the guy, uh, what's his, Jordan's Dieg, Max Cruz. They already got two shooters, a little bit of experience of playoff experience. And Damian Jones, who's a solid rim protector, backup center. That's who they needed. And yeah, uh, they, I, I would say their free agency is not that bad. Much better than last year's. I think the fans are pretty happy. Uh, much, much better. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Joaquin, who do you think who's the addition to? Who's a good addition on the team? A Twitch player. Uh, um, I'll let you go because I'm still thinking. Uh, 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 <laughs> I'll let you go then. Yeah, I'm trying to think too, but um, <laughs> if you if you think I can go, if you want, if you want. Uh, I'm just thinking, where can Kelly Oubre go? Because he's still out there, and yeah, I'm trying to hmm. think. Like, I remember seeing a, I remember seeing a rumor right at the beginning of the fantasy, and it was like the Cavs. Yeah, that like to me. Even though we just talked about the Cavs, I think that that's a very good pickup. Good fit. Yeah, I like that fit for him and the team. Brings his experience. Still pretty young. The team is pretty like someone young. They're still trying to win games. He's trying to win games. And yeah, I believe he gets there, plays a good year there, and maybe he gets his bag and goes to a contender. Maybe he stays with the Cavs for a long term or goes somewhere else, some contending team. I don't think I honestly don't think he should come back to the Hornets. Personally, yeah, Hornets Hornets got something good and something bad going on, and I don't I don't see how Kelly Oubre fits their timeline. And I hope, yeah, I hope he just succeeds, bro. Honestly, uh, for me, since Joaquin's still thinking, unless he's ready, to go. <laughs> are you ready? Uh, he's still thinking. Yeah, I, I think I'm. I think I'm pretty good now. Um. One guy, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, I don't know how Terrence Davis, if he's still a free agent. He is. Um, I don't know how he is a free agent. I think literally every team in the NBA can use a guy like that. A young, you know, wing who's like super athletic, who's super competitive and a really, like he's strong. He's a strong defender. He's got a lot of power in his legs and in his court. I, I, I don't know how he hasn't been signed. Yeah. But I think um, you know one of the one of the best pickups that I've uh, that I've seen so far, uh, in my opinion, a little might fly under the radar. Not like technically free agency, but it was during the period. Is um, you know Chris Duarte to the Kings? I know he was he was good his rookie year. He was not. Uh, I won't even sugarcoat it. He was not good last year. Yeah, but. There's 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 a fine line. You know, I I forgot who said it earlier. I think it might have been Berto or it was Ali. But about um, you know, loves watching the second year players take that leap. Yeah. Um, 
there's, you know, there's two things. It's, it's one or the other. It's nothing in between. Sophomores in the NBA, they either, they blossom or they have their sophomore slump. And it's usually that third year where they'll, it really determines if they're good. And I feel like the success rate on that third year for the slumps is usually pretty good, especially after a change of scenery. And I think Duarte, you know, he's going to take on that role. Like I mentioned earlier of that, you know, got that guard off the bench who, you know, is going to be that crafty score, you know, type of guy. And he's already shown the potential doing that. And I I think that that's a really, really good fit in in Sacramento, especially for the price that they got him at. too. Uh, I want to add to your point. Uh, I heard this. I watched this interview a couple of days ago, and he mentioned how he's really close with uh, Demarcus Sabonis. Now, like they're good friends, and they were good friends in uh, Indiana. So him reuniting with one of his good friends, I think that's really cool for him. And like Sabonis, Falk, Mike Brown, his good coaching staff, and the good role players they have. I believe it's a good, it's a good, good fit for him because he can actually find a spot. Get his minutes, earn his minutes, and yeah, get some consistent minutes. Because in Indiana, I do do I believe Indiana is building something good as well. But they also had a lot of guards, and they still have a lot of guards. They still have Buddy Hill, they still have Tyrese, they still have Madrid, they still have TJ McConnell, they, they added Ben Shepard. They still have a lot of guards. So now they basically traded him just to free up the guards, the guard floppy uh, that they had, like too many guards. And yeah, they got a second round pick or something like that. So they got some, uh, they got some, some kind of something in turn. And Chris Dunte <laughs> yeah. goes to a good, a solid contending team, young core, somewhat young core. And yeah, he gets a good coach, Mike Brown, and we'll see how he does. For me, uh, Raptor friends, Raptors are definitely a interesting team. Man, oh man, they're always in trade rumors. They're always in free agency rumors. Uh, my, people treat Mahaya like he's like the greatest GM of all time. Don't get me wrong. he was He's a good GM. Prayed for Kyle Leonard, uh, Danny Green, blah, 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 blah. But man, these last couple of years have really like had me confused. First, they fired Nick Nurse after like, a, okay, it was a bad year for him. I would say that. But still, uh, What's called? Yeah, they're right. They're a confusing team, but yeah, and then they traded for Jacoporto, flipped the traded the first round pick for him. Okay, Th- that shows you that they want to contend. But then all of a sudden you hear OG and uh, the OG, Pascal Siakam, Fred Lee. They're all three of them on trade rumors and free agency rumors, and now you lose Fred Lee, and I still hear Pascal Siakam and trade rumors. OGs has cleared uh uh slowed down a little bit. Uh, the coach they hired, I actually like that hiring for him because he's like more of an offense coach. He also likes defense because he's from the Grizzlies and the Spurs uh, coaching room, but he also focuses on offense and he's also from Thunder as well. So I can see why they fired Nick Nurse because they wanted someone who actually like helps uh, Scott, uh, not Scott, what's his name? What's his name? The power forward on the team. Ball forward, what's his name? The lottery pick the draft. You guys remember his name? Oh, Dick? No, Scotty Barnes. There, I got it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that coach is a step in the right direction. They just got to figure out who is their future point guard. And they got to determine if Pascal's got to stay with them for four more years. Like, that's, he's in his part right now. Oh, he's like 26, 27, I think. So he still has a couple of years. 
But yeah, I think this did determine if they're trying to contend now with the core they have, or are they gonna start trying to rebuild? Because right now they're in purgatory right now. They're in the middle. And even though they're a confusing team and they they deserve some of the uh, flag and criticism they get, uh, I actually like their frequency moves, especially two signings they got. They stole Jaden Jalen McDaniels from the Philadelphia 76ers. And I knew I know many Sixer fans were mad. I don't know, bro. Like depressed. I know. I'm depressed. You got your friends. We have no bench. That's lost. Jalen McDaniels. <laughs> and oh. I believe Jalen McDaniels is a great pickup for the Raptors. Even if they talk next year, they could probably flip him for a pick or two. But yeah, I think he's a solid role player. I thought that Mark and Teddy teams would go for him. I thought Philly might resign it, but they probably did not. They're too busy with Drew Thornton. They don't care about losing George Yang. Almost lost Paul Awful. Reed. They lost Jalen McDaniels. And I guess they don't care. They don't care. They're only focused on James Harden right now. So, yeah, that's Philly for you. But anyways, uh, I like that Jalen McDaniels uh, signing for him. Yeah, bring some experience. Still someone young. So, yeah, fits kind of the time frame. And then Dennis Schroeder. I'm happy for my guy Dennis Schroeder, man. My guy's been getting clowned on for him uh, losing out on money. But, hey, he got a good two-year deal. And he came back to L.A. He made things right. So I respect you, Dennis. I appreciate you. Even though I Shout out, Dennis. did throw you criticism, but I still like your game. And you're, you're a good, really good role player, and I respect you and the way you operate. How you came back. You took a big risk coming back here on a minimum deal with a team that hated you. The fans hated you with the, how the way things ended. And how you didn't want, supposedly you didn't want that contract extension. But yeah, hey, I, I'm happy for Dennis. My guy got a two good year, two year deal. Guy is going to Toronto with some good young players next to him, and I think he'll be a really good leader for him. And yeah, that's that's my two. That's the signings I liked for agency. I think underrated signings. Uh, now let's let's end the episode with. Answering a bunch of questions on the Q&A. So, guys, I'll read the person tweet and the question, and we'll all take turns answering, all right? I bet. All right. Wait, can you all hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Welcome back. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay. First question uh, is from my guy, uh, RD, Northside Pace. You're a dark horse team for a season, but if it's just the Lakers questions, then who's a dark horse player? They have a higher impact than expected on LA. I guess I'll put the questions. I'll start off first, and you guys can go out in order after that. That's cool. Is that cool? All right. Yeah. Wait. What yeah, was the question cool. again? I said I'll I'll go for I'll answer the question first. So you guys can go in order after. Is that cool? Okay. All right. So my dark horse team, not including the not, not the Lakers, uh, from the West. I think the Houston Rockets. And the Houston Rockets and Houston Rockets, Utah Jazz, and OKC Thunder are the three teams to look out for. They, one of them might make the play, playoffs, and I I I, th- I see one of those two teams actually at least making the play next year from the West and from the East. The team that I'm looking out for is the Indiana Pacers and the Detroit mm. Pistons. This guy said like a hot take. But I honestly believe with Tumble hiring Monty Williams and some of the young players, they're brilliant, solid core as well. And I believe that Indiana Pacers and the Detroit Pistons will make the play-in for the next year. That's my dark horse team for next season. But the 
second part to that question was, which player do I think will have a higher impact than expected? And I've been saying this many times, but I'll say it again. I'm hoping my guy Cam Reddish plays really good here. And and what's the word? I just spot, finds a home here in L.A. And his career goes up. Because, man, I feel bad for my guy Cam Reddish. The way the, way the Hawks <laughs> did him, the Hawks, yeah, they traded him. I get it. Right, they had the other hundred, they had all these wings, and they drafted another wing. I get it, but man, the way the Knicks stated my guy Cam Brothers, that that's crazy. Yeah, right. We all know why. We all know why we, they did it. It's Tom Thibodeau with his grumpy ass, burying old players, not burying up players, and also they have C, their CAA. They don't give a shit about. It. They don't like. They don't like clutch. So yeah. Hey, Cam Brothers, I hope you do really well. That's my player, Berto. Who Berto? You answer the question. Which team is the dark? What's a dark horse team next year? All right, I have a few. Uh, I'll start off with uh, one that's not talked about as enough. I think the Hawks are going to be much better next year than okay. they were last year. I think the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, Dejounte and Trey—they had a year under their belt now, right? I think they're going to have at least be- they're going to have better chemistry. Yeah. All right. New coach, better coach, new coaching staff. It's going, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I another. Dark horse I have, like you said, was the Rockets. But one that's interesting to me was the Wizards. I think the Wizards are going to be a playing team. I don't think playoff, but playing. Whoa! I know. I I'm I'm saying it now. I think they're going to be a playing team, even though they don't have a great roster. Yeah, I can see it happening. I can yeah. see it happening. Okay, and that's my hot take. Okay, and after the second part of the question, which player, which new player they assigned is going to have a good impact? Oh. Oh, wait, I'm going to have to agree with you on Cam Reddish. Yes, sir. I've, I've been seeing it, and I also went to school with Cam Reddish's cousin. So, you know, it's a little biased, but I'll say um, Cam Reddish. I always thought he was a good, solid player, and I've always wanted him on the Sixers because, you know, we always need 3 and D players. Yep. But, you know, you guys picked him up, and uh, I hope he does good for you guys. Definitely. Respect it. Oh, well, kid, you go. Um... I think my player, um, I'll start off, you know, with us. Um, I said it earlier, Jackson Hayes. Um, I, I really do think that he's he's gonna be the perfect, the perfect big man. He's got so much potential that just it's just so so there. It's so easy for the Lakers to just go out and develop him. And I really think that that's something that that we can do. I think the pick and rolls are going to be super nasty next year. Definitely. Um, with Hayes, I think he's, he's, he's going to turn into a really good rebounder, hopefully. Okay. You know, working with him and, 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 you know, alongside AD. Yeah. Um, but enough of that. Um, my sleeper team, um, you know, you, you said the Pacers, uh, I 100% agree with that. I think that they're going to be a really, a really solid team. Okay. Um, this upcoming year, I, I, I love Tyrese Halliburton's game. Okay. Um, I think he's he's just he's just such a such a such a good yep. and um I I mentioned them earlier too Brooklyn with or without Dame do not sleep on that team okay do not if if without Dame they could be a sleeper team for the West for the Eastern Conference Finals okay with Dame I think in my opinion that they would be depending on you know who they give up. If they're able to retain Mikel and Johnson and Claxton, I think they can get away with giving away anybody else. And I can, I would bet my life, my life savings on it. They would make the finals. That is my yeah. hot take. 
right. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, you know, the, I have to go with D Rose on the Grizzlies. Okay. Um, you know, Josh suspended. So, you know, it's time for D Rose to cook. <laughs> and a super, super team. I'm going to go with OKC because Shay, okay. you know, just turned 25. Yeah. He's okay. entering his prime very soon. Yep. Cat is coming back. back. Jay Dub is better. Yeah. Another year of Giddy. Okay. That, that team's got to be nice, bro. Yeah. We're going to see Keith going crazy. And MJ. Yeah, where Keith, if he's hearing this, he would go crazy right now. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll like all those answers. All right. Next question. Uh, It's from my guy, Josh. Josh Toussaint. Who will be in the bench rotation getting consistent minutes in the regular season? Nine to ten man rotation versus playoffs, eight man rotation. All right. Here's my rotation, guys. Ready? D'Angelo D'Lo starting. Reeves. LeBron. Rui AD. That's my starting five, right? Sixth man, Gabe Winston. Seventh man, Reddish. No. Seventh man, Prince. Eighth man, Randall. Ninth man, Christie. And tenth man. Is Hayes. That'll be my 10 man rotation in the regular season. And in the playoffs, it'll be the same five in the playoffs. And Gabe Winston, Hayes, and I think, I think it'll be, it could be, for me, it's either, it's between Randall or Prince. I think one of the two will be the eighth man in the playoffs. That's my bench rotation. Randall. Okay. Uh, Berta, what do you think? I think because he's a he's a whole six. Yeah, I know. I, I, listen, I pulled up the ESPN. I pulled up the entire roster. <laughs> I got I got D'Lo as a point guard. Okay. Right? D'Lo as a point guard. I'm gonna have Reese as a shooting guard. Makes sense. Pretty much the same start uh, starting five. I mean, you're gonna have AD and LeBron, right? Yeah. Off bench, if you're gonna go eight man, I'd give you Gabe, Cam, and Prince. Okay. And then backup big. Let's see, backup. It depends if you guys sign Wood or not, but right now I'm gonna say Jackson Hayes. Yeah. That that'd be that'd be the best lineup I think for you guys. Definitely. And I uh, I'll just say this: I respect you, bro, for actually looking up the roster. You kind of just you kind of just BS this question, but I respect it. You know, you're a Philly fan. So <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. Bad respect. Hey, hey, listen. Show some support to my guy, Burrow, man. I respect it. All right. Real, I was going to say, no. I'd like to hear his Sixers. Uh, real, oh, like, no. <laughs> bro, bro, this team's bro. A, this Wait, team's we have five right centers. Bro, we got have... five centers on the team. They, Bro, we have no forwards and no guards. Dude. Only guard we got is Patrick Beverly on the bench, bro. Hey, Burrow, 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 Burrow. I love Pat Y'all going to have like five bigs on the floor. Mo Bamba, Embiid, Paul Reed. Nah, and then that other Orthies guy. Yeah, you're cooking with the big man. I'm going to cry. It's <laughs> You're going to see no sixes close to me this year. It's going to be horrible. Bomba and B. Paul Reed is crazy. You can support us, gang. Oh. Oh, I do. I will. Yeah, I no, guess no, I'm no, going to no. have to. I guess I'm going to have to jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> I, Joaquin, what's your rotation in the regular season and the playoffs? Um, so for the regular season, uh, I'll go without Christian Woods. So that will, that will change my rotation a little bit. So, okay. uh, you know, D'Lo Reeves, LeBron, okay. Rui, AD, I think, okay. you know, that's kind of set in stone. I think if we get Wood, we have to start Hayes. That's my, you know, little okay. warm take. You're a hot and take. then off, 
off the bench, uh, my sixth man, you know, uh, what's it, uh, Gabe Vincent. I think yeah. you have him there. I think uh, seventh, I would go with Jackson Hayes, you know, okay. because he should be getting, you know, bigger minutes, especially, yeah. you know, especially during the regular season to kind of, you know, alleviate, you know, some pressure off of Davis yeah. and stuff. Um, Christy, you know, I think I'll have it my eighth. Uh, Prince, I'll have it my nine. Sure. And I think I'll throw Vanderbilt at my at my uh, ten. I think that there will be a a battle between Christie Reddish. Yep, I agree. And with maybe you. maybe maybe even Vanderbilt because you can run Prince at the four at the backup four. Definitely, if they wanted to go a little smaller. Yeah, and then I think come playoff time, uh, <clears throat> come playoff time, we're gonna have a. <sighs> it's very tough because you don't know what you're getting out of D'Lo. Yeah. Um, for now I'll stick, you know, I'll stick with my optimism. I do like D'Lo and I, I'm manifesting him a great season. Yep. So I'll say Dan, I'll say, you know, same, same starting five. We'll roll with that. Um, especially, you know, when we run into the nuggets, because we did see Rui do a good job against Jokic, um, with AD wandering and then off, off the bench. Um, it's pretty much going to be the same bench, except I think, uh, you know, for the earlier rounds, I think you you kind of got to pinch your rotation a little bit. So I think you kind of yeah. cut it off. At your sixth man is Gabe Vincent, seventh man Prince, and eighth man um, Hayes. And I think you kind of cut it there. And then maybe once you go to you know, once you advance, you know, the conference finals and finals, you maybe open it up a little bit and allow Christie or Vanderbilt, you know, to get a few minutes and kind of see if obviously if somebody's struggling. You know, if, if Christie's coming off the bench and he's struggling, well, you know, they'll do a, you know, a little Lonnie Walker type thing and they'll maybe give his minutes to Reddish. And then if, you know, somebody else is struggling, we'll see how Vanderbilt does this year. Can he hit a wide open three in the corner? You know, if he just sits there, is he going to, can he go two for five from three from us in one game and give us his excellent defense? Cause that's all that we need him to do. All right. And you know, that, you know, that's, that's a, that's my rotation. All right. Ali, what about you, bro? The same lineup as a, and everyone else, D'Lo Reeves, Ron Rui, AD. All right, bet. Then I'm going to have to go Gabe. Okay. Uh, mm. Gabe. Christy. Yeah. Back of five is Hayes. Okay. Uh, who else? Okay. Um, it's going to get tough. Yeah, when someone's trying to talk to me, so yeah. oh. uh, was Prince Randall? Yeah, Prince and Vandal. Yeah, yeah. my bad because someone opened the doors. I keep thinking you're saying Randall, not Vandal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll welcome back Randall. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, was that was that garbage contract. Wait, on a wet minimum. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Nah, Randall does not fit on our team whatsoever. Yeah. All right. And then the playoffs. Yeah, your playoff rotation too. Would have to be so like a nine, eight man. No, eight man, eight man. Eight man? Eight man. Gabe. Okay. So that starting five plus three would be Gabe Vincent. Okay. Reddish. All right. And who's going to be that last spot? Hayes, I guess. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. For sure. All right. Some of these questions I see. They're really easy questions, so we're gonna go through them quickly. But then there's also some questions where uh we're spending more time like giving our thoughts, if that's cool with you guys. Yeah, it's cool. All right. Next question is who's it's my guy by AB24 underscore uh, under dash. Uh who's gonna be Dara Hat's new favorite player with Dennis out? 
I'll go I'm first. Gonna oh. say it, it, my opinion, I think it's going to be Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent, bro. It's Gabe yep. Vincent. Talk, it has bro. to be. It just makes the most sense. Like, I, I literally see it happening already. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's Gabe. What do you think? I have to, bro. I, I agree, especially with Gabe just becoming, like, going into the finals and what he did in the playoffs. It's, yeah. I think Gabe's the easiest answer here. Definitely. Joaquin? Uh, my pick, I would say, is, uh, honestly, I think I think it'll be Christy. Okay. I think okay. Christy's gonna give him a. I think he's really just gonna kind of fall in love with Christy this Definitely. this camp. Sure. You know, what I want to say is, I love Christy. I love Reddit. So this training camp, this training camp battle is gonna be lit. Honestly, like I love our roster. We're so flexible, but like we could play big. We could play with more wings. We could play with more guards. Like. If we play Denver, we can have multiple weeks on the floor, multiple bigs on the floor. So, like, I just love the way Rob Polinka, Jesse Buzz, Joey Buzz, and the whole front office structured this team. Like, I'll give them the props. Like, with how horrible that team was with Westbrook and those washed players, sadly, this team is such a good upgrade and a sigh of relief. Because, man, if we had the same roster from two years ago, at right now, and we were gonna have no future in the league. So yeah, no, for real. This is side. But, but okay. I do have a question. Yeah. So far, with our current roster, what do you think is our weakness? Our, our weakness, weakness. I believe we have enough wings. I I only I only thing I can see honestly is we could see we could use an we could see our roster could see, uh use another guard who could like shoot the ball like that specializes in the shooting. Oh, and maybe a backup big because when you have uh, Jackson Hayes, but I, I think Jackson Hayes will be a good fit for our team. But he's really young, and I don't think we can fully rely on him. So getting a Christian Wood or a Bismack Biombo, or we get an extra young player like Castle on, on, on the depth chart, it gives us much more side relief and flexibility, in my opinion. Uh, okay. okay. Next question. This question we kind of we kind of really addressed it. What's our ideal starting lineup? For me, it's D'Lo, Reeves, LeBron, Murray, and AD. I think which is what you guys said as well. Yeah. Uh, next question. Alex, Lakers forever. What's your favorite Lakers tip? Man, this one, it's really hard for me. But I think, honestly, for me, it has to be Kobe's last championship in 2010. Yes, sir. Watching Celtics, it's only right. Metaboard piece with that bang right in their face. Like, that's mm-hmm. like how they deserve it. Celtic fans deserve it. I think that's my favorite Laker championship of all time. What do you, I mean, Berto, I know you're a Philly fan, but what's your favorite Laker championship? Oh, I'll, I'll tell you this 2001 finals will not be my favorite. That's a fact. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> you know. I'm going to say this because I hate the Celtics. I'm going to have to agree with you. Okay. Because I hate the Celtics so much. Like, it's, it's a burning <laughs> passion. I hate them. So, I'm going to have to go with that. Any any win, any finals win over the Celtics, automatic W, my books. Automatic favorite. Right there. We got you, gang. We got you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay. What's your favorite Lakers Um, I think I'll roll with, with uh, 2010. Okay. You know, as well. Um, Three and I, every time, Every time I think about I mean, you you think about the Lakers, you think about Kobe. Yeah. Um. There's mm-hmm. there's no there's no other championship. 
Um, you know, I, I vaguely remember 2009. Yeah. I was a little, I was a little kid. Um, I obviously don't remember any of, uh, you know, 2001 or, or, you know, 80s or anything like that. But, uh, you know, I, I was, you know, bubble was fun, but it just it didn't have that same atmosphere. I, I can always go back yeah. and, and, and just watch, watch that finals. And it, it is, it is, it's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's Kobe's, Kobe's last one. And, you know, it's the sentimental part of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ali, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, my favorite is the Boston one, but since everyone chose it, I'm going to just say like a second one would have to be Kobe's, you know, first without Shaq 2009. Okay. Okay. Like, yeah. I think that was just his his best finals in general. Okay. Like, so yeah, that that one just hit different. He dominated. That was his definitely, in my opinion, Kobe's yeah. best finals. So yeah, hold yeah. on. For me, I just think that 2010 one. Uh, I mean, I was I was young for the 2009 one and the 2010 one, but that's I I I think one thing that I love about our Laker history is like we have such good history and so many good like moments. It's like. When we go back and look at like the championships when we were really young or not even born, man, this makes you proud to be a Laker fan and like supporting this team. And like even when, even if I was not born for some of the championships, me going back and watching the footage and the history about our team, I just love that about us. Mm-hmm. Nice. And that's how, yeah, that's this 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 is how I think uh, the twenty ten one close to a special place in my heart because like that's Kobe's final ring. And after that, we were in a dark, dark, like, space for a little bit. And that's why whenever I show love LeBron a lot, I show LeBron a lot of love. Sometimes I show him a little bit of criticism because every great player just gets criticism. But one thing that I'll definitely remember when LeBron leaves our team or retires is that something that I'm really going to appreciate about him is that he came when no one else was willing to take the challenge. So, LeBron, if you're, you're not playing on this name, but yeah. If you ever listen, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just I'm really thankful to have LeBron James as a Laker on our team. And a yes, and you know, three years down the line, when LeBron's on the podcast, we can talk about you know the championship. We have. <laughs> <laughs> a report or ESPN or Sports Center or something. Hey, we'll get there. All right, yes, next sir. question. Uh, okay, okay, this one I actually like this one. It's Darwin Adi. Uh, he's a Clipper fan, but he's, he has some good takes as well. Show guy. One of the few Clipper fans that I actually respect. But anyways, he said, when did you start following Laker ball and who is your favorite Laker of all time? Okay. That's a really good question. But like just like I said earlier, uh, I didn't really watch in the 80s or 90s because I wasn't born, right? So like I'm fairly young, right? I'm still getting older. But yeah, uh, favorite Laker ball. When I started watching, it was like, in the 2000s, even when, like as a little kid, I, I would see my cousins, my family members watching it. And, like, and being raised in LA, it's LA town. It's Laker town. That's no Clipper town. It's no San Diego Clipper town. It's Laker town. Thanks. And it's just our history and everything. And yeah, I just started watching in the 2000s. And my favorite Laker of all time, I just, I think uh, Kobe's my favorite Laker of all time. I would have to say, because uh, I was just around him, right? And I liked him as a player. I liked him as like a, a idol. How he motivated not only us but the fans. I really like how like he was good with the fans. Make the make a wish things he did with the fans. So I was like, yeah, that's who. He's someone who made me love basketball, basically. So yeah, 
Berto, I know you're a Philly fan, so how about this? You you can you can share when you started watching the Sixers, but then you can also share us your favorite Laker of all time. Okay. All right, easy. Favorite Laker of all time, Kobe. I mean, who else? The goal of the Lakers. Sure. He was, he was great. Uh, when I started watching the Sixers was right when Embiid was drafted. Okay. Because uh, that's the year we got season tickets. And so from then on, I've been a Sixers fan. First the process, so, Yes, but those days are horrible. Sergio Rodriguez, TJ McConnell. Oh, my, oh goodness. my God. Oh, hey, Tony Rowan. Tony Rowan. Okafor. Okafor, Noel. Oh I, I, actually liked, I actually liked Noel coming out of college, though. He was cool. Yeah, he was he tough was on cool. Philly. I liked him in Philly. Yeah. He was cool. Those days were insane, yo. For sure. Joaquin, what about you? Um, my the first question was uh like when my earliest Laker memory or or what was it? Wait, you said to restate the question. All right, I got you. Yeah. When yeah. did you start following Laker ball, and who is your favorite Laker of all time? Oh, so I started uh following Laker ball, you know, since birth. My dad, uh, you know, grew up a Laker fan. He lived in San Bernardino for a while. Okay. Look so um, yeah, he he uh in Riverside, Riverside. I think okay, it was okay, okay. But uh, he, uh, you know, he was a, always a huge Laker fan. His favorite was Magic Johnson and James yeah. Worthy and Kareem. Um, but, you know, my favorite, you know, obviously it's going to be Kobe. But I'll say, you know, I'll, I'll talk about, you know, one of my other ones, which might uh, surprise a few of y'all. Um, you know, it's, it's really uh, three of them, but it's Shannon Brown, Matt Barnes. Ooh. And uh, I just talked about this with Kyle the other day a little bit. Um, uh, Josh Powell. Uh, you know, yeah. he, he, he won, he won uh, two rings with the Lakers. Uh, you know, I, had a, I think he played maybe nine or 11 seasons in the NBA. Um, you know, him and DJ Benga, it was like a little iconic duo off the bench <laughs> <laughs> that I, I used to love watch, but you know, I've Josh Powell, he's, he's been a, you know, a great guy. I've, uh, I was in, I used to run, you know, just a sports page that, you know, grew pretty big. It got recognized by, you know, James Johnson, Ben Wallace, okay. you know, Andre Drummond, you know, a few, you know, kind of big athletes. That's and, cool. um, but I interviewed, uh, Josh Powell for that. He was super cooperative. I mean, he even asked, you know, he was like, you know, do you have any more questions or <laughs> so it was always a great guy. I even texted him not too long ago. Um, and he listened to the podcast. Um, I sent him a link and, and he said that, you know, we sounded really good and that was, uh, it was, it was cool. I mean, it's, it's just hey, cool, you know, great, being Josh, able to reconnect yeah, with people that you've liked. Yeah. Cool. Big shout out to Josh Powell. Hey, hey, w, w for plugging our podcast in. <laughs> sure. Uh, did you answer the second question when you started? Watch- oh wait, never mind. You already, you already answered that much. Birth, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm gonna do two more questions from Twitter, hey, and then we'll do. I didn't even answer the question. Oh shit! My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. Damn! I, I was about to go crazy about how Kendall Marshall is my favorite Laker. Actually, no, I'm just- <laughs> UNC legend. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Shout out to Kendall Marshall, but yes, obviously sir. Kobe. But um, since uh, you know, you brought up, you know, some of your other favorite Lakers, I don't have to go Derek Fisher, bro. That was my favorite. Like a role okay, player yeah. back then. For and, me, back then it was Lamar Odom. Hey, W, man. Yeah. Like, some of my earliest memories is, you know, Kobe and, you know, just falling in love with Kobe and D-Fish. That's, yeah. that's probably my favorite Kobe duo, like, uh, Laker duo and Kobe duo of all time. I know Powell and Kobe was going yeah. but... Hey, you can't forget Powell, though. 
Yeah. Yeah. Facts. But D Fish and Kobe. Yeah. D Fish was. Hey, D Fish was special. Bro, clutch. Yeah, clutch. Yeah, clutch. Bro, that shot that you hit with like a few seconds on that clock. Oh, Against the Spurs. Point yep. four. <laughs> That's, Come on, bro. Legendary. I'm talking about man. Like we have such so much special history about our team and our friends. Hold on, Ali. You have you have Fisher and Kobe as your favorite Laker duo over Nick Young and D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Come on, man. Hey, man. Come on, man. Over, <laughs> over Brandon Bass and Timothy Mozgov. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on. Blake and anybody else from that team? <laughs> Jordan Hill, baby. Chris Kamen and Steve Blake. Yo. Up. Jordan Hill. Jordan Hill. Jordan Hill. Roy Hibbert. Roy Hibbert. Yes, sir. Oh, my God. I'm having Roy nightmares Hibbert. now. Yeah. No, Anthony no. Brown and Ryan Kelly. Okay, okay. Oh my <laughs> God, Earl Clark. Earl Clark <laughs> should have been an All Star for hey, like ten we're games. We're forgetting someone. Man, I forgot his name. Fuck. Ah, Sessions. Nah, I, I, he's bald. <laughs> What's his name? Fuck. Sacre. Yes, yes, Robert yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the legend. Got my name, but my mind, bro. Dunk contest. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that. All right, That's all right. hilarious. Let's do a couple more questions from Twitter, and then we'll go to Twi- uh, we'll go to Instagram, and then we're ended. All right, it's cool. All right, all right, all right. It's cool. I like this question. It's by uh, it's just, it's kind of the same question by two people at once. So I'll, I'll just share both of their names, and I'll just read one of the questions. All right, Laker Mayfield and Laker Worst. Similar questions. Curious, how you see Vanderbilt fitting into the Lakers' future? What type of money is he getting in free agency? Is he more valuable as an asset deadline or as a part of the playoff rotation? Okay, so I'll start off. Do I see I am him fitting into a uh, future? Hell yeah, bro. Like, he's only 24, right? Even if he's not, like, a superstar or anything, right? He's still a really good high-end, high-level role player. And his defense is up-notch, right? He has potential to work on his craft even more. I, I've seen videos of him working on his shot, and... You saw last season, you started, work, you started shooting some more shots in the corners. And I don't think he needs to have a perfect offensive game because like that's too much pressure on him and too much ex- ex- expectations on him. But if you can figure out a way to just shoot like average in the corners and let's say timely baskets and he could like finish good in the paint, I think he'll be fine. And I could see him making anywhere from 50 to $80 million in fantasy. I honestly think I have a feeling that we're going to resign AD with the contract extension, rightfully so, right? Even if LeBron leaves, you keep him AD. You could get a second superstar, and you could keep going with the young core and keep contending, right? Or you still sign AD to extension, right? AD retires as a Laker, or even you could flip him and get even more assets back, right? So I don't see the third option happening, but it could happen. But I see him either retiring as a Laker or we get a second star. But that's off topic, right? But... Yeah, I think back to what I was saying is I think AD is going to get a contract extension. I also think Jerry Vanderbilt is going to get an extension because he's only making, I think, like $4 million right now. And like, he's like basically like expiring contract. You don't want to risk him going into free agency and some other team throwing a bag at him. So I have a feeling we're going to resign AD and Vanderbilt. But also, I think he fits into a young core as well. Lakers can go multiple ways. They could value him as an asset and they could flip him at the deadline. Or they could sign him to the extension and flip him a couple of years later. But I do think he's a playoff type of player. Uh, it's, in certain, certain situations, he cannot play because like, 
keeps leaving open. But if he really works on his offense this offseason, which I think he can, because he has good he has good skills, trainers, he has Phil Handy, he has Chris Jant. If he could just work on a couple things on his offense and smooth it, like smooth, I think that part out, I think he'll be fine in the playoffs. And I think he'll be fine as a long term player next to A D and whoever else we have. So that's my top. That's my opinion. What do you think, Roto? I think you guys would be foolish to not resign him. I think he's great for you guys. I think he fits you guys very well. I can yep. very well see him in your playoff rotation and in your future. Uh, perfect three and D for you guys. He just yeah. needs, like you said, he three? just needs to work on his three. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. I remember one game he was pretty good with the three. He just Bad. needs to work on Bad. it more consistently. Warrior. But I think he can get there. I think he yeah. can get there. He can get there. Yeah, I expect it. Definitely okay. can get there. Well, Akeem, what do you think? The question was about Vanderbilt, correct? Yep. I mean, I I, I think we have to bring him back. Um, uh, he he really stressed me out with his with his offensive game. You know, there are certain players in the league that we've seen come and go, uh, like you know Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Oh yeah. Like Stanley Johnson, unfortunately. Chris yeah. Dunn. Um, you know, I know Chris Dunn was kind of out of it for a little while, but now he's back. But a lot of these, you know, defense, yeah. defense first guys who, yeah. you know, there's, there's a certain, you know, difference, you know, some players tap in defensively and that's like their stone, which is what, you know, Vanderbilt is, which is what Chris Dunn is, Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, Stanley Johnson, you know, all these guys are the same, you know, kind of cookie cutter type of defensive player, but really kind of neglect their offense a little bit. And I think that's what, you know, he might've done overexerting himself defensively, which kind of gasses him off. Like that's where he chose to take his plays off because he knows he has to give 140% defensively or he's just not going to get minutes because he's a complete liability on offense. I think, you know, like I said earlier, a full off season with ham and gent handy. He's, he's going to look, you know, he's going to look revitalized next year. And I, I'm, I'm very, I'm very confident in that. I mean, he's only what 23 or 24 years old. All right. There's sky, sky's the limit. Definitely. And Ali, what do you think? Um, you know what I think? You guys remember that Mavericks game? Yeah, yeah, I remember that game. With Vanderbilt, bro. Soon that'll be on a regular basis, you know? Hell yeah. Now, I believe in Vandal. Keep him. In yeah. the future, that Mavericks game, that's going to be him. And yep. I, I love Vandal, so yep. he's going to be a part of the future. Yeah. I have no doubt. I think they can't make the same mistake. Like, obviously, Cruz was a better... I think Cruz is a little bit better on offense, but... I think they're both similar players. I mean, Cruz is a better guard defender, but he's, he can guard certain wings. But I think Randall is a better wing defender. He can guard guards as well, but he's a better wing defender. But his offense is a little bit worse than Cruz, but he's also much, young, much younger than Cruz. So it'll be a no-brainer for us to keep him. Keep him, and you have him as your young core, or you keep him, and you keep him as an asset, and you flip him down the line for more picks and more players. So either way, you win. But I think we'll keep him. For a young quarter and for now. So, yeah. Let's go, Randall. I'm rooting for you. I think everyone's rooting for you. There's no one. Only teams of other teams. Only fans from other teams are not rooting for you. Because they're, like, they're jealous of your defense. And, like, you're hype. And, they yeah. won. Yeah. All right. We're going to do two more questions on Twitter. And then we'll go to Instagram. Instagram is a few. And then we'll be done. So, we'll finish by, like, in 20 more minutes. So, we'll do 20 more minutes. So, these next questions, let's, let's try to, like, speed up a little bit. Quickly answer them, all right? Uh, okay, this is a good question. It's by Walker, the LA fan. Do you think the NBA will actually attempt to enforce the new rules this time, or will they forget about it after the first week? Okay, me, 
I like the new rules. Okay, that flopping rule. Thank God, cause okay, no offense, Berto. I know, I know, I know. John Bead, James Harden, Trey Young. Uh, who else flops? Steph Curry sometimes last, but not Steph Curry. James Harden, Trey Young, Embiid, Giannis sometimes. My point is, a lot of I was just tired of seeing a lot of players flopping, flopping, flopping. Some of the times, this good defense just flop and get the call and get thousand free throws. Okay, I was tired of that shit. And it was ruining, it was ruining basketball. Like, let's be for real. And I think I see. I think those players getting uh tacked up and the team getting extra, other team getting extra free throw. That's a great. That's a good move by them by the NBA. And the second thing they, the second rule change they did was if you win the coaches challenge, you get another one. That's a great. That's a good, amazing. Everyone was asking for this. Yeah. It's a no brainer. If you as your team and your coach snap, you you guys appeal a rule. I mean a foul call, and you win the challenge. It's literally a no-brainer. You should get that back easily. You, it's, it's, you shouldn't just lose it. It makes like, and for me, it makes no sense. Okay, but uh, what do you think, Roberto? I think they're gonna enforce the rule. I'll say this for the flopping rule: they have to make sure it was a flop because sometimes you'll be seeing players get hit, oh, yeah. and they'll actually like go back. I want them to make sure it was a flop, and if they call it, I'll, I'll be fine with that. That's chill. Yeah, definitely. Now the challenge. Uh-huh. I've been waiting. I've been <laughs> preaching. I'm happy we finally got it. Uh, it's perfect. I mean, there's so many missed calls by refs. I know me, uh, when I'm at games, I start cursing at the refs. They are heinous, horrible things, right? Horrible missed calls. Like, you'll see people travel. You'll see people uh, foul the living crap out of someone, yeah. right? And they won't call it. Yeah. But then they'll call, like, a stupid foul on your team. And it happened yeah. with the Lakers, too. I've seen some calls. Yeah, I think this is a great, great addition. And I think they're going to enforce it, especially they're especially going to enforce it because of this new uh, what's the tournament, the midseason tournament. Yeah. The oh, good lord! Yeah. yeah, they're going to definitely enforce it because of that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one thing I want to add real quick is uh, I don't know if you guys if you guys know the summer league like the main ref the who like speaks to the mic and everything. I noticed like they've been putting microphones on their ears now, so when they speak and they're running around and everything. They're basically mic'd up, and you hear them clear, much clearer, and you can hear them sharing why this is the appeal, this is the foul, and what's the challenge called, blah, 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 blah. blah. I think that's also a good thing. Okay, what can I like you this. What gives you? What? It's just oh, hold up. Answer. Can y'all hear me? Okay. Yeah, because... Yeah. 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 Hold up. Can you can you go by me real quick? Because my thing is like tweaking on my end. I know oh, y'all okay. can hear me, but I probably can't hear y'all. Yeah, you're, you're kind of echoing. Right, kind cool. of. All right, I'll let you go then. Um, I like both of the rules. You know, obviously we're tired of the flopping. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. The coach's challenge, like that should have always been a thing. For real. And um, I don't know anyone who would disagree that like, you know, th- I don't know anyone that's against two coaches challenges. Like if, if you win it and then you get it back i don't know anyone that's against that yeah. so that's good yeah. flopping i mean yeah i mean come on <laughs> it, it, like horrible. like you said it ruined the game yeah like it, it's tiring and you know it's time i really hope I, like bro they have to yeah they have to pressure down on it because no one wants to see a player flop lose the game because of because yeah. of free throws and definitely and flopping like come on yeah. uh one thing i want to add real quick before, before you go on team, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you guys hear it a lot, but I, I, hear, I see a lot of fans from other teams. They bitch, they complain so much about, you know how Austin Reeves, right? Like, 
Offensively, so like in certain situations, he's like he could manipulate the offense and like oh it could be a foul, it won't be a foul, but he like make it into a way it's a foul and the refs call it and he gets the call. And then like, oh my god, why is Reeves getting this call? I think that's just funny. Yeah. Alright, you could go Hakeem. Um, I mean I think I I do like I like both rules. Yeah. Um, I think the challenge one is perfect. I think they maybe should model it more kind of in the NFL style, which is, yeah. I know we're getting greedy with that. Uh-huh. But I mean, outside of that, both rules are great. I do yeah. think that they will forget about the flop rule though. And that's, that's just yeah. my opinion. Yeah, my, that's going to piss all the fans. So yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. One last question from Twitter and then we'll do a couple from Instagram and then we'll call it a day. Okay. This one, we should be able to answer it quickly. Let's say if LeBron and AD are both out, who fills in what spots and who takes over? Okay. All right. Let me pull up my roster. Okay. I'll go for it. Okay. <laughs> All right. If I think LeBron's out, I can see three guys spinning in. It's either Reddish, Prince, or Vandal for LeBron's spot. And for AD, it's, it's either Jackson Hayes or the third big, the third big man we signed, which is Probably would. Base Mac Biombo, Colin Kessmonger, or any big design. That's probably who fills in for AD spot. Unless Darwin Ham and the coach staff opt to go for small ball, which could happen. But yeah, that's my opinion. All right, Berto, who do you think? All right, so let's just say for now, uh, you guys don't have Christian Wood. Uh-huh. For Anthony Davis, uh-huh. uh, obviously Rui. Okay. Or Jackson Hayes. Okay. Yeah. For LeBron. Prince okay. and Cam. I think Cam is going to be really good 3 and D for you guys. Okay. Because uh, I think Rui's more of a bigger guy than like a small forward. I think he plays perfect at the yeah. power forward position. He's kind of, he's kind of I don't think he would really... Yeah. 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 So that's that's what I think. All right. Joaquin? I think during that period, um, you know, there's going to be a, probably a, a few games that LeBron misses. Um, I mean, you know, especially maybe at the beginning of the year. Definitely. I think Reddish will start in those games, honestly. I think it's just, I don't know, it's kind of a weird gut feeling I have that you know they don't want to mess up the integrity of their rotations and they'd rather give those minutes to somebody who might not be in that rotation and kind of you yeah. know split those minutes between him and Christie and Prince. So I think it will be a combination of Reddish, Prince, Christie, um, maybe even a little bit of Lewis Definitely. if he can sneak in there. Ooh. Um and then, uh, you know, for AD, obviously this goes, you know, without, you know, that, that Christian Wood or, or Biombo or Castleton. So I'll go with, um, you know, Rui or, or Hayes. You know, I, I'm really, really big on Jackson Hayes' potential here. Yeah, I've said it a billion times today, and I'll say it a billion more times if I <laughs> yeah, have to. Yeah, I, I always liked uh, Jackson Hayes. He yeah. does, you know, have his off-court issues, yeah. I'd say. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, as a player, I think he's, he's tough. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to say is... Uh, uh, I think Rob Polinka talked about Jackson Hayes, and he said that uh, he's worked on his off-the-court issues, and he's apologized, and he's sincere about the mistakes he's made. And I think he's getting, like, I don't think he's getting therapy or anything, but, like, he's getting some, he's getting some options to, like, yeah, work on his problems. I think that's good. You never want to have a player on your team that has, like, problems off the court. So, yeah. Uh, okay, Ali, what do you think? Who would fill in for LeBron and AD if they're out? I'm going to go with Hayes and Reddish. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I think Reddish, I hope he succeeds. Okay, I like the guy. I think he can play shooting guard or small forward. And yeah, we'll see. Okay. 
But right. uh, I got a question for y'all. If if Reddish doesn't work out for the Lakers, do you think it's kind of over for him? Is this his last chance? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But okay, let's not get there. I don't want him to feel. I don't think he yeah, wait. Yeah. I, I was. <laughs> a lot of people say this is like his last chance. So yeah. Hopefully it goes well. Right. He's gonna shine. Definitely. Okay. Now we're on Instagram. We have a couple questions. We're answering them and we're finished. All right. This okay, man. Honestly, I'm sick of addressing this, but you get okay. This guy said you got a face for real, bro. If you want to continue with the podcast, uh, I don't think um, I have your face for real on this. Like my podcast is on live TV and they're showing our faces. Hey, if we get that big, fine. I'll do a face for real. But at hundred k, yeah, hundred k, yeah, hundred k YouTube subs <laughs> and Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, that one day will come. Bro, as of right now, uh, I don't think it's the best time to face real. And this page is not about me. Okay, it's okay. It's fine with my opinions and me making content and everything. But that's not the end of the. It's not the end of the world if I don't show my face, guys. That makes it real. Like, I'll do it one day. But yeah, it's okay, man. I don't get why you guys want to look at me. Like I'm not good looking. Like, I'm looking over like <laughs> I'm always like, oh, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now to an actual question. Then this person, okay, that's a good question. Great question. Great question. All right, Barker quote, "What's your favorite Lakers team ever?" For me, mm. it's either the it's either the twenty ten team or the bubble team. For me, that's my team. Two favorite teams ever. Berto. I know you're a Philly fan, so how about we do this? You name one of your favorite Philly teams, and you could name one of the favorite Lakers teams. Boom. All right. One of my favorite Sixers teams. That's hard. All right. I'll tell you this. I'll name the people on the team. We have Ben Simmons. We have Mark Fultz, who had that triple-double. <laughs> Green jerseys. We had JJ. Marco Bellinelli, 2018. Oh, my that team was good. Right, right when Ben Simmons was actually good. Laker team. I'll say twenty. I'll say last year's Laker team or the twenty twenty Lakers team. Last year, those are the those two teams I've mainly oh, okay, 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 okay. I like. I like that. last seasons. I like both of those teams. I like that. Okay, uh, Joaquin. Um, I think honestly, and this this might come as a little bit of surprise. Okay. Um, my favorite Laker team of all time. You know, I'm going to stray away from 2010, 2020. Okay. Um, I can't pinpoint you the actual year, honestly. I just remember the starting lineup consisted of... Uh, somebody mentioned it earlier, Kendall Marshall. He was like... <laughs> he was literally my favorite player at, at UNC because that's like a team that my dad, for whatever reason, really liked growing up also. So I grew up liking the Tar Heels as well. Sure. Um, I loved... And I, and I still do love Kendall Marshall. Um, but that team, I mean, I know it was like historically awful, but we had, you know, like Kendall Marshall, Nick Young, who was just like super fun to watch. The 2013-14 um, Lakers, man. Golden. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, that's, it, it's as bad as they were. And as, as much as it hurt to watch, it was yeah. like still like a, Hilarious. like kind of like weirdly fun. Kind of. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Especially, especially when they would scrape together. Like I always think of that Jimmy Kimmel segment uh with kobe <laughs> and they, they show nick young jordan oh, hill yeah, was, yeah, yeah. And they're all they're all mobbing and then they flash back to kobe he's just got the stone cold look on that jerry lynn team yo <laughs> yeah all right ollie what about you bro me uh i have to go with the 
the repeat era with Kobe, Pau, Fish, Ron. Yeah. The, you know, 08, 09, 09 to 10 Lakers. And, uh, but besides like the winning teams, I'm going to have to say the 2017 Lakers with B.I. Yeah, yeah. D.Lo. Yes, sir. Nick Young, Randall, Clarkson. Yeah, I yeah. love that team. Man, okay. If I, okay, I could, I see, I like that team. I just like that young team we had when it was Ingram, Kuzma, Lonzo, Brooke Lopez. We should have never let him go. But yeah, Lopez, Randall. That team was Josh Hart. Go ahead, man. Zubach, man, Thomas Bryant, special team. You know, it's kind of it was kind of bad, but yeah, I mean, like they, they weren't like terrible. They were yeah, like, yeah, yeah. For a young team, they were solid. Yeah, they were all right. Uh, okay, two more questions, and then we'll finish. All right. Oh, all right. This one's more of a comment, so I'll just read it. What made you start getting into making a Lakers page? Keep up the good work. Go. Okay. Okay, I'll just address this. Okay. What made me get into making a Lakers Instagram was... Okay, I shared this many times, but... Okay, so I started off as an editor for one of my friends from middle school. Then I made a JaVale McGee page when he signed with the Lakers when uh, we got LeBron, Lance Stevenson, Rondo, right? The page is very solid, right? Then my page, that page got hacked. And I always wanted to make a Lakers page, but I wanted to get some experience in the Instagram community and the fan page community. I wanted to see how to make content, how to grow your page. And Ali helped me, my good friend, Dre, MJ, Keys, the, all of them helped me in different times. Uh, I think as I got more experience, that year when JaVale McGee was with the Lakers, before, the, before we got AD, I was thinking about making a Laker page. And then... Yeah, I, I did. I made the Laker page, and here we are now. Five. It's been good five years, man. Time goes by fast. Okay, but now to the last two questions. Okay. See, this one is hard. It says it's by Reborn. What was the best moment for you as a Lakers? Best moment for me is I still say twenty ten. Twenty ten comes to mind. The bubble winning comes to mind. Uh, also, like, when we drafted good players, like, when we drafted Ingram, when we drafted Lonzo, when we drafted Kuzma, when we drafted Hart, I think, yeah, I think, I like being, I just love being a fan of this team through the ups and the downs. The ups when we're winning championships, we're winning really fun games, when we're televised, when we have such special history, but also, even the downs, like, when we're rebuilding, when we're developing players. So, yeah, that's my favorite slash best moments like uh, Mortal, you go. Favorite Laker moment? Yeah. I'll give you a recent one. Sorry. Lee, I'm sorry. I know you're a jobberant enthusiast, <laughs> but when y'all beat the Grizzlies and y'all cooked Brooke, it was great to see. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was just great. They shut up, bro. Great. I felt bad oh, for Jack because he was hurt. I only yeah. like Jaw. I don't care about the team. Yeah. Oh, bad, bad. Okay. <laughs> it was just great to see, yo. It was, yeah. it was, it was a fun series to watch all yeah. over, overall. Hey, yeah, that was a good series. They, kind of, they kind of deserved it with all that trash talking. Especially Brooks. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, exa- exactly. When LeBron hit the and one over Brooks. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was great. That was, that was awesome. And then when AD bitch Brooks by that. I remember that stuff. I remember that block, bro. That shit was nasty. And then oh, I went to overtime. Dude, oh my, my favorite, god! Okay, wait, wait. My favorite moment from that series is when it was uh, a home game, and I think he was 
warming up for threes, and my guy, every time he shot a three, he always missed it in the warm-ups. My guy was getting clowned on by the fans in the stand. That shit was hilarious. Yeah. And then, the yeah. only thing yeah. to make it worse is, like, they were down 30 in the fourth quarter. That was just hilarious. That was, yeah, that was crazy. All right. Joaquin, you go. Um, My favorite moments. Uh, Shannon Brown's block on, I think it was David West. It was oh, ridiculous. This is the worst call in NBA history. It was not a foul. Um, NBA needs to go back and give Shannon Brown a block for that, for his all-time total. <laughs> um, and then uh, a more personal uh, level, uh, my dad got uh, tickets one time from somebody at his work to a Spurs-Laker game, you know, when we lived in Texas. And they were, my dad, like, kind of pranked me. He's like, yeah, they're nosebleeds, but, you know, they're still really good seats. And I was like, I don't care. I just want to see the Lakers. And... And, and, and we just keep going down and down and down. And I'm like, hey, man, where are we sitting? <laughs> and, it, you know, it was so close that you could hear the players talking on the court. It was crazy. Um, I want to say we were, you know, maybe seven or eight rows back. Um, but before the game, because we got there early, because he knew that we were going to be there. And I'm, I'm standing there. I mean, I'm maybe, I want to say like 11 or 12. Um, and this, is, this was probably in 2016 or 2015, one or the other. Um, so it was one of Kobe's last years. Um, but I was, uh, this is a game where the Lakers went into overtime and then like Nick Young uh, gamed it pretty bro, much. That was, it was, it was like awesome. Game, bro. And yeah, I was there for that. And, but the best thing about it was, you know, pregame, I'm yelling, I'm yelling, swaggy, swaggy. And, and Nick Young, he like looks over, he like throws me, throws me like, uh, like a hand in the air. That's the- I swear on my life, Kobe walks out. I have my Kobe jersey. I'm standing up. I'm like shaking it. I'm like the only Laker fan there, you know, at the time. You know, there were, ended up being a ton of Laker fans there. Yeah. But I'm yelling. I'm screaming. I'm like, Kobe, Kobe. He's working out. He's, you know, just doing his little routine with the coach. Literally turns around, looks me in the eyes, waves, and like mouths the word hello. Bro, my heart has That's never so cool. been like, Oh my God, that was the best moment of my life. Literally, hands down, my entire life, that's what it is. I will never forget that till the day I die. Yeah. And I got that, that, that game. That game, I got a picture with uh, Jeff and Mark. That was pretty cool. Um, so it was, it was nice. On this side note, one thing I would say is I know uh, Kobe's last game it was definitely sad because, like, it was last game. But I think that was one of my favorite games as well. His 60 point game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, every time I watch that game, it just gives me chills. Legendary. Ironic that his last play was a, was an assist, too, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, but man, that game was chills. All right. One last question before we end. I that. didn't even... Bro, this is skipping me again. Am I even on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, man. <laughs> bro, bro's giving me early signs that I'm going to get cut. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> my fault, gang. My fault. All good. Uh, yeah, I'll take Kobe's farewell just because, you know, that was my favorite player of all time. And, you know, it was such a rough season for him. And, you know, to see Kobe, like, basically struggle all season. Yeah. And especially in the first quarter, like, he struggled. Yeah. And I was like, bro, damn, is, is Kobe going to go out like this? Yeah. Like, th- this is his last game? But then he ended up dropping 60? Yeah. I, I couldn't have asked for a better farewell game. Right. And especially, you know, that team with Clarkson and D'Lo, like, players that I loved. Larry Nance. All of them just hugging Kobe, and it was, exactly. it was lit. That's what Imagine 
Imagine betting the under that day. <laughs> oh my god! Somebody, somebody's live, somebody's live betting. They're like, Kobe's two for fourteen in the first quarter. Oh, I'm taking the under. <laughs> and then Kobe just saw that bet, and he's like, "All right." I bet. It became personal for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, one last question. Okay. Uh, let's see. What's a good question? Okay. I like this question. Leaves this off in a high note. Okay. It's by Jackson Matt. Bitch. Okay. What do we do with Anthony Davis if LeBron leaves next year? Okay, I'll answer this. I think I address is I said this title is a little bit earlier, but I think even if LeBron leaves, I think it's you should still sign him 82 extension this year, obviously, right? Before the season starts, ideally. And then once you sign the extension, it gives you flexibility. And if LeBron leaves you we're the Lakers. We can definitely recruit a second star. Or we could trade for a second star. Maybe Trey Young. Maybe Trey Young. Or Jason Tatum. Hey, one of them. Back. No thanks. Tatum. No thanks. You don't mess no with Tatum? <laughs> oh, don't mess with him. Hey, okay. Anyways, you get my point, though. Stay over there. Stay on that star. side. Stay on that side. <laughs> yeah. All right, we get my point. We could get, on, we could get a second star next to 80, and we could still catch 10. Because, dude, we're still in the 80s. We're still in prime 80s prime career. Like his career is not over, bro. He's still. I strongly believe. Barry does not get a really bad injury. God, please don't that happen. But I believe 80s does a good four to five years in still. But he's still in his prime. So if we get if we can get a second star next to him, and you still have Gilo, you still have Reeves, you still have Rui, you still have Randall, all these like reddish potentially Christie, Jalen Hood, Safino, Max Lewis, Colin Castellan. Like, we still have a good core of young guys who can help pretend, and if they want to develop, they can develop. So, yeah. I think they're going to sign AD to the extension, keep AD even if LeBron leaves, get a second star, and we'll still go. And if that doesn't happen, they're either... Okay, one thing about the Lakers is that we take care of our stars. So, if we can't get a second star and we suck for a couple years, we suck then. But I know the Lakers are going to treat AD good. And they either trade him to a contender or they keep him in. Hopefully he ends his career as a Laker. Because I feel I my opinion he's meant to be a Laker. And like he's someone that respects our legacy and our like trophies in our team a lot. Thanks. So, yeah, that's my opinion. What do you think, Berto? I think I think some of your young guys are gonna turn out really, really good. Gracie looks really, really good. So I don't think you might not you might not even need a second star, right? Because you might already have and one of the young guys. But let's just say, let's just hypothetically say you don't. You can either recruit him or or you could trade him for some picks and some pieces and build for the future. Definitely. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I, that, that was, those are the two options, I think. Sure. What do you think, Joaquin? Um, I'm I mean, I'm I'm just gonna kind of repeat what he said. You know, uh, yeah. I think I think we should look to extend him. Uh-huh. I think we should be weary of his guaranteed money because of his um, injury concerns. I think there should be a guaranteed money bearing the amount of games that he's played. Okay. Um, I think that should be his incentive. Right. And I mean, out, outside of that, you know, if LeBron does leave, uh, you know, I agree. I think it's, it's, I'm 50, 50. I'm like, we have the, we have the young guys. Let's, let's get more and let's, sure. let's try to build a dynasty. Cause I, I don't think that there's really a, a dynasty with AD as our best player. Um, but I think 
I do think that they will keep him and I would, I would still be 100% fine with that. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I like what you said. He, I do think he's meant to be a Laker for life and I would feel weird seeing him in another Jersey other yeah. than Pelicans or Lakers. Yeah. So at this point, I think, I think, I mean, he's, he's got to stay. Yeah. He's got to. And we're going to end the episode with Ali. I didn't forget you this time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> uh, I'm all in favor of keeping AD. I'd love to have him for, you know, post LeBron era. Yeah, but, you know, if things come to worse and, you know, we have to move on, then I'm fine with moving on from him. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, I do really want to see, like, post LeBron. I want to see AD probably get another star and hopefully D'Lo's still there and then, Bro. you know, have a good roster and when keep trying to win a chip. Yes, sir. You know, one thing I'm going to add before we, I close it off. If we can win another ring this year, I think that would be really cool. The way we end the LeBron era. But also, I feel like if AD could win a championship without LeBron too, It'll do wonders to his like resume and his legacy. Yeah, yeah. The narrative around AD would be like completely changed. Change. Let's make it happen, AD. All right. Thank you, Bertle. Thank you, Ali. Thank you, Akeem, for joining today's episode. Hey, of course. I had a good ass time, and thank you guys for listening. And see you guys next time. Peace. Peace. See ya. Let's go, Lakers. Thank you for listening to the LVH podcast show. Be sure to leave a five-star review. Be sure to leave your thoughts on the episode. And be sure to leave your recommendations on how we can improve the show. What kind of topics you would like us to talk about. And what was your favorite particular moment from the episode. Also, be sure to follow us on our social media accounts on Instagram at the LVH podcast show. At Lakers vs. Haters. And all the people mentioned below in the description. Peace.